Hello everyone, welcome to WeGCast. This is episode... Oh fuck, what episode is it? 11? 12? Should we check the notes? Oh fuck, I haven't checked the notes. I'll check the cast at the website, because I honestly I don't know. probably do that, hold on. <laughs> this is going to be a good intro. I think this is going to be the least professional podcast we've done. But... <laughs> Sorry Guys, John, we've not it... even introduced you. <laughs> it's oh, the next episode. <laughs> the next episode. Uh, yeah, this is episode 12. Excellent. Right, let's try that again. Welcome to episode 12. Yeah. We've done 12 so far, which which would constitute that we've done a year, but I don't think we're quite a year yet, but alas. Um, anyway, welcome to Ouijacast. Uh, this week, month, year, fuck knows what time of day it is, it's quarantine. We've got Mr. John Carroll. John, who are you? What the fuck do you do? Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me, Andy, Jill, Dave. Fuck um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm a security consultant. I've uh, been doing it for about maybe 12 years now. Uh, I used to do pen testing uh, for normal consultancies, uh, web apps, infrastructure, build reviews, uh, security problems. And then I went internal and uh, then I went external. And that's pretty much it. People pay me to either deal with their problems or, uh, you know, give them sort of generic pen tests. That's, so you've been around, John? I have been around, hiding in the background. Um, I I, uh, I did the, the sort of the normal route uh, for coming of age, uh, coming, coming of age security people. <laughs> Not like that kind of coming, Andy. <laughs> we, we've had a we had a little chat before this started, and I think Andy's uh, Andy's off already. Um, you know, like uh, uh, do your check team member, do your check team leader, um, and sort of have that fear of passing and failing those exams. And then once you've passed, you're like, hey, oh shit, I've got to do it again in three years or two years and one year. And will I get the same amount of money? And you know, uh, it's a it's it's a it's a emotional roller coaster for uh, for most people, I think. But um, yeah, I, I I did that for a while, and then I, I got a job with a bank doing AppSec um, internally and that was fun uh, and then I uh, did that for a couple of years I ended up sort of helping out a, a bigger part of their security team for a while and then decided I wanted to work for myself uh, I, I sort of surrendered my uh, CTL status I didn't get my, my security clearance expired and all that good stuff so really the sort of client base that was open to me wasn't very government or uh, restrictive on requirements and that was yeah. that was really fun you get a lot more there's a lot more work out there that isn't just you know on uh, uh, critical national infrastructure or uh, a government council uh, so what you're <laughs> saying is there's a lot more fun work out there <laughs> yeah yeah I am yeah well, what's the most fun thing? At least at the moment, because I'd imagine that, as Andy always says, peaks and troughs. I'd imagine what's one thing, uh, your thing one year, like, might not be five years later, and you might end up fucking hating it. So, uh, what's your thing at the moment? Like, what excites you? Insecurity. I, oh, so I, good good finish in that sentence. What excites you? Insecurity, just to clarify there. Just <laughs> little, little, double quotes. Um, I don't. I, I, it's kind of broad. Like I think when you go through learning stuff about security, the continuous learning of security, you find new little sort of nooks and crannies where you're like, actually, this is fucking cool. You know, mm-hmm. like it, it might be like I I I chose AppSec because I got a bit of a dodgy back and I didn't want to be dragging my ass to data centers every week, <laughs> and uh, I made a conscious choice not to pass my driving test as well so I wasn't up at five to drive to sites because so everybody was like last to pick me they were like oh we don't want to pick John we're gonna to have to send him the night before and he's gonna moan about his back so this but, is why uh, I don't drive Andy like, this <laughs> is why I don't drive so I, I'd get to like 
um, I, when I got the, given the choice, there was like, a, do you want to do CTL infrastructure or CTL app? I was like, yeah, definitely app because I've got more vision in my head of sitting at home, slouching in front of my computer and, you know, or, <laughs> or just not being in somebody else's space, you know. Yeah, I but, agree. Um, for the exciting stuff, um, you don't you don't really get to pick and choose. Like the argument of sort of working for yourself is you get more freedom, but you're not you don't really unless you're probably in a celebrity status. Um, I've done some cool work where you know, working with some high net worths through a, a sort of a third party that that I was helping out. That's kind of exciting stuff where you're uh, working with uh, the super rich on their problems and it's non-conventional <laughs> security. So um, you know uh, identifying uh, um, uh, opportunities that people might be exploiting or um, mm-hmm. I've got to think about how I word this <laughs> uh, well, like personal security assessments essentially like if, I, if I've if i got I don't know if I'm super rich if I've got like a million pounds and I want personal security of my online footprint that sort of stuff or are you talking more like I've got a super yacht come hack the shit out of it or like what yeah, I mean, I'd probably leave the super yacht hacking to to better men than me. Probably say Campbell, Campbell Murray for that. <laughs> but um, no, it, it was really more like um, here's a somebody's causing us problems. It's quite difficult to identify them. Can you use open source intelligence tools uh, to to you know try and get a rough idea? Here's what we think, or here's who we think it might be, and then do they align? You know, and obviously there's uh, stuff for law enforcement to do, which is always my advice. You know, you should you should really be if you if you feel like anybody's in trouble or at risk then there's proper channels to go through but the the sort of uh initial look of you know how serious to take things it was quite fun to be involved in um and then you know sometimes you might get involved in other projects a little bit more serious uh but then you know other times it might just be that you know somebody really really actually gives a shit about the thing that you're testing because you know like you've probably as a as a pen tester uh, that's an outsider you you rock up on site um you've probably read this read the scope on the way there because you didn't have time the night before because you were finishing the report for the job that you did the other couple of days before <laughs> and then you get on site hi how's it going and then they're like yeah here's the is the url or here's the ip range or the whatever and then you do your work and then you'll, you'll you might have some fun but it's really when when they're sort of engaged with you and they they really want you to hack the shit out of something mm. or you know they're looking at the, the the sort of the body language is different from somebody that's just like all right cool thanks bye you taking me a pass uh, you know thanks for popping by kind of thing as opposed to somebody that's like uh yeah they're excited about a real fix or real fixes or real movement and it's i think well, that the, there's a yeah, i suppose that's the difference between someone who wants a pen test and someone who needs a pen test for compliance mm. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's a that's a great point. Is and, that a big part of the pen testers kind of job? Would you say um, from your experience, like to get them on side with that, or is there any influence there that you might have as a pen tester to get them on side of maybe most, going most, from apprehensive to like, okay, let's do this. We can find a way out of this. Like, most clients don't give a shit. Really. Yeah. yeah. They, they're <laughs> they're there shame. to pay. Well, unfortunately, I mean, obviously, your John's mileage may vary, but what I found is clients that need pen testing for um compliance they they need it they need a tick in the box to say they've yeah, had yeah. pen testing done they don't give a fuck really about the report like you could you could write the the most beautiful motherfucking report ever and, and they're they like right cool we've been pen tested that's that for another year and then you get the other yeah. end of the scale where they're like right yeah like let's let's knuckle down rip mm. the rip the shit out of our network and find out where the core issues are well, that yeah. that's my opinion as a as a consultant no, obviously I'd, john's I'd, done a lot more so 
I think that's accurate. I think that um, at best, you'll, if you're in a compliance setting, at best you'll make a friend on site. Like they, they, mm. they might not even. So the language that's used in businesses, they might not even do anything with that report for another year. They'll say, "Have you been pen tested?" You go, "Yeah." They didn't say, "Have you been pen tested?" And did you start remediating? You know, so. Yeah. Big organizations can get very granular about language. Um, smaller organizations are probably petrified of everything on the report um, because they don't, you know, they might be new to pen testing. But yeah, um, yeah I, I think it all, it all, it all ties into how, how healthy, uh, you know, like an IT environment is. And, you know, if they're, if they've got too much work on or they've been given tasks that they don't fully comprehend or understand, but they've still got to facilitate uh, somebody like ourselves that's coming along with a microscope and our job is to just be a pure dick to all of their stuff to tell <laughs> you know tell a team of people that have been working on an application for months or years or or a, or a network or a new infrastructure rollout that as smart as they are um they've introduced a load of flaws and problems and that can piss some people off like the the mentality of receiving bad information it's actually good information uh, when you've got the right mindset towards uh, why this person's here to do their job but when you've got people that are like you know uh less helpful for security people and don't fully understand the the value of uh, uh, hacking some stuff and finding those flaws mm. that's really uh, yeah they, they like, end up seeing you as a burden on site i mean it, you, you get it time and time again where you rock up on site they're like oh the pen testers are here like fucking it's their fault that anything happens like for yeah. for example <laughs> i was on site maybe about a year ago and the fire suppression system went down and they were like definitely the pen testers fault i'm like wasn't even touching that system don't know what you're talking about yeah yeah i mean i uh i obviously kind of do audits uh kind of just but very basic cyber essential stuff so um i've kind of had like very low level experiences or of like sorry that's a bad way of putting it i've had uh, <laughs> a, a mix of experiences sometimes with uh, depending who's kind of engaging with me on the audit like but um yeah. the, the definitely the parts i actually enjoy my job the most are when i'm making suggestions and the other person on the other side is actioning them like straight up straight away like and you yeah. kind of build a good rapport like that feels great and then you have yep. sometimes where they just do not give a shit like you say and yeah you just get through it that's your day job isn't it but yeah, I think I think the cyber essentials is a very good precursor to everything else, but also uh, a very good baseline just to sort of get people thinking about stuff. So I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't dismiss it as uh, you know like I think that there's some quality stuff that still a lot of companies need to to be doing before they do anything else. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I don't even have a, a cyber essentials qualification, so I'm not plugging anything there. <laughs> well, that's I try not to, <laughs> but you're absolutely right. So yeah, that that's the best part uh, of kind of doing this job at least from my position because like you say it's a good way to get into it you are talking about security on a daily basis to a lot of people again it gets you in the lingo of things which has been perfect for me starting out it's only been a year or so so um yeah and it is a good way of kind of getting them to start thinking a bit more about kind of security at a very basic level what uh they might not need a full technical pen test sometimes uh, but even just questioning their own systems yeah we try to find uh, we normally find a way to uh, kind of improve things for them so that feels good yeah definitely uh, did I answer the full question or was I, was I getting in half of it? What were we talking about? Like I think fun? we're going to be basically segueing like just <laughs> in and out of a bunch of shit. Uh, well, it's what we do in Cast. It's why we're an yeah, award-winning yeah. podcast. That I don't know what the fuck the award means, but alas. We got a bit of paper that says we won a thing this week and means fuck all. Anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> what a drop for it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> from a from a just from a sort of um, what's the word Etymo- etym- etym- etymological fuck. don't you try Etym- words again John we've no, been no, through no, no, that's nice etymological perspective from a Scottish person telling me it's a Ouija cast does that mean that it's a lowercase g cast <laughs> thanks no no <laughs> All right, next question. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. <laughs> right. I thought uh, it was good. Fuck you guys. Can we kick him off the call? Well, that be bad just, just a wee G cast. Uh, I mean, I can I can speak a little slower for for other people if you want. No, 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 no. Uh, I, I t- just cheat joke like, yeah. no I mean I can talk like a slow person if that's what you're asking for oh god it's descended into chaos <laughs> love it love Sorry. it I knew, I knew this episode was going to be great fun I knew it like, we, we went from a serious episode I say serious we were chatting to Dave Kennedy last time and now we're chatting to the, the real the real kind of I don't know jester <laughs> No, I I listened to uh, yours and Dave's uh, uh, cast, and then when he asked me to come on, I was like, "Fuck, I've got to go on after Dave." No, I don't want to do that. I want yeah. some like want some buffer, you know. <laughs> no, nope, nope, you're not, just going yeah. straight ahead. All right, we've, we've had we've had the likes of Steve Wilson and other people on, so you've not really got much of an act to follow. That's, that's <laughs> I went on holiday with Steve. He's a fucking maniac, that guy. <laughs> Steve's great, man. Like he's got to be yeah. one of my favorite people I've met, uh, <laughs> just in my time in security, short time. But what, what did? What, I won't go into too much details, but if you're ever in a situation where you can hear Steve snoring, it's <laughs> fucking loud. It's like he's trying to shout at you in snore. <laughs> <laughs> Many people will tell you that they've uh, they've been around him whilst he's asleep. I've I've been around him while he's been asleep, but it was because he was passed out drunk, and it sounded like literally an elephant was in the room. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, there, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Steve, we love you, legit, like, and uh, absolutely should get you back on for a second cast because. I've been uh, well, you know what I want to do? I want to get like three or four people on one cast and just have a fucking riot. I think it'd be riot. amazing. Like, I think if if I was picking three people, definitely Steve Wilson again, definitely Steve Lord, and uh, either Woody, Michael Woodhead, or Campbell Murray. All oh, of them. Fuck, uh, that'd be yeah. chaos. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Tempted. <laughs> should we make that happen? Uh, we can totally make it happen. Like I, I know all three of those people. So, and those th- those three people do speak to me. I don't speak to Campbell so much, but Campbell, I, you could you could convince. Anyway, I was taking off. the piss out of kilts today, and Campbell actually stood up for them. So you know, he's probably he's probably game. They're gonna say he's probably gay. I'm like, whoa, it's Pride game. Month. Game. <laughs> <laughs> it's Pride Month. It's, it's absolutely fine. Yeah. Uh, so, sometimes sometimes people hear what they want a penis. <laughs> Oh my god, the chaos. The chaos. <laughs> right, uh, okay. No, 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 no. Infosec. This is, no, this is basically just going to be an like, um, meme of an episode. <laughs> what, you mean the first three episodes? <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough. Right. I suppose we should probably, at some point, have a bit of structure. What was your first memory of tinkering with computers, John? Um, tinkering okay, in, the, in the hacking fate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. So um, I I always sort of fancied myself as um, being a hacker. This is going to be massively embarrassing, but um, when I was a kid, I, I must have been about 11 or 12, and me and my friend Paul, we just watched Hackers the movie. It was fucking awesome, obviously. Shut up, anybody that hates it. Shut up. <laughs> and then, so we went back to his, and we pulled out whatever it was that he had, uh, that sort of had a keyboard and connected to, <laughs> this is well embarrassing, that uh, connected to like a old uh a TV screen and we were like what, how do we do viruses what are bugs and we were just like typing shit like spider fucking wasp 
like just like any kind of like buggy creature they don't have a fucking scooby but it was it was kind of cute looking back at it that like we were like whoa we want to be able to look through the trash of this megacorp and we didn't even know we just thought that that guy on the skateboard was a bad guy with a suspicious haircut but um <laughs> and then I, I sort of i got into building computers through uh, my uncle so i i left school early i left school at 14 and that's just because barrow in furnace is a show it's nice to visit for about two seconds um <laughs> so, so my uncle uh, he had a, a computer shop where we would do all kinds of things to games consoles and uh, and build pc systems oh, and cool. uh um, so he was like, uh, I'd, I'd been working as a roofer for a while, uh, like up until I was maybe 16. So I was obviously out of school. So there's like these little sort of help the chav programs where they give you work where, you know, <laughs> so I was on one of them and, and the good, the good, I definitely recommend it because, you know, looking at where I'm at and, and where I was, you know, the help the chav programs are definitely, uh, important. And anyway, so, um, my uncle was like, look, uh, uh, for for other reasons i was living in a flat by myself at 16 and you're not really supposed to do that until you're 18 but there's some life shit that was sort of in the between there that we don't cover mm-hmm. on the podcast and um <laughs> my uncle turned up and uh to uh fix uh my electric he's a he used to be a sparky and he's like dude why don't you come and work in my computer shop he's like i'll teach you how to build computers and uh it'll be a laugh because you'll be working with me Sweet. and he did so i got into building computers and then uh, he, he got on well closed the shop down and i managed to sort of keep a hold of some of his customers and then you know they, they wanted to know about routers and home networking and and then that changed to small businesses and then uh one thing after another i was sort of the the sort of handy computer guy locally that you could probably give 20 quid to and it'd fix whatever it was that your problem was um so that was like my my it background ish and then my first cyber security kind of uh, moment where i was like oh this is this is really cool i want to do it um i was working for an it support company in north london I'd moved out of London to study photography and I'd spent most of my money on lenses. So I needed to get a job <laughs> and, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's nicer. Um, and then, uh, this, this one guy, he had a, uh, he had a, a betting company that was on, uh, around Oxford street. And, um, he was worried that some of his, uh, staff were being nefarious. Uh, the, the, the systems were all owned by the company, uh, but the infrastructure wasn't set up in a sort of managed active directory environment. It was really just, here's a bunch of computers. Mm. Um, you know, like everybody sort of trusts each other, but that trust had been diminished. So he, what he wanted me to do, he'd asked them to sort of, um, give him access. He's a director of the company wanted access to the machines and they got quite spicy about it and uh i i, I knew about metasploit around this time i've been playing like <laughs> uh, demonstrating like uh when metasploit was running python and hacking little windows 2000 boxes running off my iphone and you know like when you're yes. at that sort of nerd level where you just put stuff on stuff because it'll run and and then demonstrating it just yeah i haven't done any i haven't created anything special i'm just doing what's available for me to use kind of stuff i've got my net hunter phone for that but yeah. it's got so much just at your fingertips like entirety of cali basically so if someone's like like, oh how'd you do that like and you just set up maybe like a fake google page with social engineering toolkit and their minds are just blown and you're just a wizard you feel like a wizard you do feel like a wizard (laughs) it's like while i'm typing on these things can you just do some like in a world get some drum and bass in the background oh yeah cello fuck off mate what are you doing with cello around here i'm on the seventh floor um so (laughs) so i'm in this um he asked me to come in and get me the get him the passwords or, or more specifically get him access to those systems and i didn't really know a great deal about hacking but i did have off crack 
uh, on a pen drive because remember when off crack was cool and uh, mm. Windows XP was everywhere. So um, Wait, it was only- everywhere. It still is everywhere. Well, I mean, I don't want to don't want to grass anybody up. So um, I, I run down to this uh, building at five in the morning uh, to relieve uh, to 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 get this guy access to these systems. Um, and I, there wasn't really a, I didn't really know a great deal about um, data protection, uh, privacy laws, and you know all, all of the stuff that I know now that uh, I, I you know I might have been more concerned about. All I knew was to ask that he owned the systems, uh, you know, that he could back that up because I don't want to get myself in trouble if those computers aren't, aren't his or aren't the businesses. Specifically, and uh, uh, he was like, "No, it was definitely mine. Yeah, it's cool, 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 cool." And my boss was like, "Yeah, this is exciting. Go and do it. Yeah, because I'm always talking to him about security and and like these cool things that I'd learned about this and that." Anyway, mm-hmm. so five o'clock in the morning, uh, get myself a taxi, central London, and then uh, I'm I'm going through them all. And I don't know if you've ever done this, but I, I used off crack to uh, find out that there was no password. Yeah, <laughs> didn't even type it. <laughs> didn't even type in administrator and then just press it. I was like, you "Fucking knobhead." But um, <laughs> and then have you ever? Have you ever shit yourself so much that you get that funny t- taste on your tongue where it kind of tastes like fear you get it's almost like you can taste the chemical on your tongue yeah i can i, I can yeah so yeah. it's only happened to me twice one when i blew up a playstation when i was trying to change an american power uh, power bank to a, a uk one and this time <laughs> when the cleaner went in she was like morning I was like, fuck like absolutely i'm either like act normal at five in the morning you've never seen me before act normal and uh so like pure pure shit myself and i was like hey she's like are you okay i'm like yeah yeah just uh just uh yeah i'm okay yeah thanks yeah. Cool, cool, cool. i wish i wish that that was around then and i definitely said it but um yeah so and i just probably shit myself and then after she went away and i was like i just had this sort of wave of heat fall over me like fuck that was scary like i don't know what she would have done perhaps from like you know i don't know i mean maybe nowadays they might be a bit more scrutinous about who's in the office at certain times of day you know but um i did have proper access anyway so that was my first sort of um thing that was bypassing a control for the benefit of uh you know like a, a system on it wasn't really hacking per se but it was it was getting around a control that uh, a business owner couldn't uh you know it was helping him out with his problem and um and then when i when i'd finished with the work he'd like give me a bit of extra cash he's like oh this is really cool thanks very much for those passwords and you know and, and the access and that i was like look dude this pen drive cost me 10 quid you give me 10 quid you can have the you know the software's open source just replace the hardware hardware that I'd paid to use for it. and and it, you could tell that he loved it because he had the CTU ringtone you know, from uh, the Jack oh, Bauer yeah. program yeah. Yeah. so he was well happy and then after that um uh, I'd uh, I'd met with uh, uh, a couple of guys that there used to be a company called Pentura uh, who used to be a company called Diagonal and now some of Quintic those you. <laughs> no, not Quinty Q. Um, um, now those guys are uh, uh, what are they uh, Rootsec. Hang on. Um, anyway, so uh, Paul Cronin uh, gave me my my first sort of professional infosec job. Paul is probably one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Um, he's he keeps out of the way. Um, he's uh, he's so friendly, very helpful for sort of pro- uh, career progression. If there's any sort of uh, young talent, uh, Paul's a really good mentor. Um, and then he gave me a job as a, a appliance engineer. So basically, 
um, they'd said, we've, we're looking for a web app tester. And I thought, shit, I don't really know anything about web apps apart from pointing Nikto at a web server and then looking at the stuff. You know, that was that was my understanding. I didn't have any experience with Burp or proxies or, or any of that sort of good stuff. And um, so uh, Paul set me an exam. Oh, actually, it was a guy called Pedro Laguna had set me the exam up who was working for Paul. Pedro uh, Pedro was, he, he got me he got me on the right track uh, nice and early. He works for VMware now. Um, uh, Paul set this. Uh, Paul and Pedro set up this uh, uh, vulnerable WordPress uh, box and uh, said, "If you can hack into that, you know, we want to see how many flags you can get." And uh, I think I'd only got like five or six um, out of ten. Um, and then they were like, "Yeah, you know, we can see what you're doing. You know, you got a similar score to our infrastructure guy who was also trying to do it. So, you know." We'll, we'll bring you in. We can tell that you're interested, but we're not going to give you a job as an AppSec guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, yeah, okay, I'll take it. And then um, I'd be provisioning source fireboxes uh, and um, what it called? Uh, what's that? Shitty uh, IPS, non-IPS. Um, WebSense, there you go. The WebSense, <laughs> the WebSense Triton stuff. Um, I was uh, deploying those to customers, providing them with maximum value for the fantastic product <laughs> that it is. And um, I'm sold. Yeah, that you should probably. I mean, if I mean, if you haven't got WebSense, you've got no WebSense. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> is that, is that the sales job? Job? <laughs> yeah, you can see me pointing at you. Pew, pew, pew. Um, so, uh, uh, who's who are you talking to in the background? You got some kind of uh, animatronic sex doll. Silence. (laughs) Shh, don't tell. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, there's a fire alarm. uh, Spit on me. I hope it doesn't say that, man. That I've been been continue choking. Um, so, uh, so yeah, swing. <laughs> <laughs> nine volts, testicletes. Anyway, so, oh, <laughs> so um, I did that for a while, and then I pestered uh, Paul. I was like, Paul, I want to do upsec. I want to do upsec. And I think it was literally a matter of him going, "Oh, fuck off!" And then like, let me do upsec. So my, um, I, sw- <laughs> you wouldn't, Pedro wouldn't give me a copy of Burp Suite. He's like, he's like, uh, it's Spanish. I'm going to do a massively over Spanish accent now. Juanito, you're not ready for the burp suite. And uh, he doesn't seem to speak like that. He looks Scottish, it's weird. Um, so he wouldn't let me have burp suite unless I had uh, a little bit of experience of doing it more manually, which is uh, also one of Pedro's Spanish friends too. Uh, uh, if uh, I do it more manual with uh, the uh, Firefox plugins. So my browser looked like a fucking early 90s AOL browser where you've got all of these fucking extra things of mod- modify this cookie and intercept that thing and repeat and replace. and you know all of that you know what's going to happen every time she talks i know man i know <laughs> so um I, I ended up uh convincing paul to give me a copy of burp suite in exchange for giving him a cisco router because i had like a an old a bit of a backlog from old IT, it kit like sometimes when you work in it if people are going to throw some stuff out they might give it to some they might be like oh you can have it if you can sell it you know you can give us some money back or you can keep the money yourself just as a sweetener for maybe working those weekends or whatever so i'd like a, a handful of uh, old cisco routers paul give me the uh paul give me a copy of burp and then i think it was the first time that i'd ever used it i was doing a web app for a um uh, a phone providing company uh you know um uh, yeah, communications company, and uh, I'd I'd been going through my OWASP methodology because Pedro's like sort of very strict on like follow the methodology, you know, like make sure that you, we can explain everything that we've done and justify why we did it and why we didn't do certain things. And he's really good like that because otherwise I'd have probably just twied around on stuff with like little hot hacking tips that I thought I knew as opposed to being sort of methodical. And um, so I'd 
I'd searched for stored credentials um, and I think it was like test, test and it worked and I couldn't really see what access it had given me. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, my, it had cached my credentials and continued to crawl the app and I was like, well, fuck, this app's getting smaller. Like, where's all my shit going? <laughs> and then, um, so, you know, like, you know, that kind of sense of like somebody else is on my app while I'm testing it. You know, like you get kind of quite pissy about that. It's like, I need to know that while I'm testing this app that nobody's messing with anything because I need a rendition of the state that it's supposed to be in so that any changes are made are as a consequence of me doing security testing and not from things that are unknown to me that might look like a false positive or a, or a false negative. You with me? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I get in touch with the guys. I'm like, uh, uh, who's messing around? And they're like, nobody's messing around. I'm like, uh, I think somebody's messing around. They're like, you're messing around. Go away. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and then I'd got, I'd sort of pecked their heads a little bit. And then they were like, look, we can see through our logs that you've uh, just crawled the site and deleted everything. So like in the, in the sort of get based parameters, you could remove modules. And uh, I'd not been paying attention because obviously I was a junior uh, and, uh, and I'd cached these credentials Silence. that had elevated privileges. <laughs> Silence. <Choke> me. <laughs> yeah. She's a bit spicy. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I'm mute my mic for a bit, right? Because the robot overlords just shouting silence at you every fucking eighteen seconds. No, he just says he just doesn't want to. He doesn't want to say the safe word live. <laughs> Pineapple. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> more, more. Um, so what was that? Yeah, so that was uh, that was kind of like my first introduction to uh, getting hired in Infosec and uh, ruining my first app the wrong, the, the worst way possible. Which you know, Paul was really good about. Uh, he was like, "Look, dude, it's better to fuck things up now uh, when you're a junior than to do it when you're a senior." And he's right. <laughs> well, that's how you learn, isn't it? Right. So I, I mean, uh, there's not too much I can make mistakes on, thankfully. But the more certainly the more I learn about pen testing, the more I can see the scope for. Th- shit going tits up like quite easily just by don't know maybe even just scanning the wrong machine that topples over i guess like does that happen quite a lot like uh, and if so how do you handle it but so uh, there's been there's been two incidents where I've trashed things with port scanners, uh, which I've kind of been quite lucky for, but I did kind of feel bad the last time it happened because uh, it was supposed to be a little bit like, oh, we'll just have a little look around. Yeah. Um, the, the, <laughs> the first time I was working at a bank and um, I was just literally having a little look around. I was like, oh, I'll just do a little minus P minus uh, SV, you know, a little map, a little cheeky, you know, and then... <laughs> I get this. Uh, I get this phone call uh, from uh, another part of the world, and then there's some like noises that sound like somebody's angry, and then I'm like, uh, "Let me go and speak to my boss. I need to gauge how much shit he thinks I'm in. I don't care what, how much shit this guy thinks I'm in." So <laughs> I go, <laughs> go, go see my boss. I'm like, "Just did like a, you know, like a little little minus p minus, yeah, little." And um, yeah. and then he was like. And he's like, what have you done? I'm like, well, something's obviously not capable of taking an MMAP scan, piece of shit. And, uh, you know, that was my stance was if it can't take an MMAP scan and it's on the internet, then, Game over. you know, you're welcome. Yeah, 100%. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're just and, telling them what they already know like, or yeah. find out eventually down the line. Like, yeah. And it might happen in an uncontrolled environment without you being able to say, oh, that was me. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, the, I, while I fully agree with that version of like my perspective on that, I also can fully acknowledge that thanks for telling us john but you could have told us in a more considered setting 
you know <laughs> and you can't you can't not own that you know you can be like well how was i supposed to know without being able to test those things and it's like really what you want is uh, responsive people are like yeah we haven't actually we need to replace that shitty box or, or uh, let's put some things in place to prevent that stuff from happening yeah. but because some systems are very important and very live and um very difficult to replicate and have like a a, a like live or a uat test environment mm-hmm. um because of the the maybe the uh, legacy and they're so old that everybody that wrote it's dead or it's uh, you know it's just a, a piece of shit app that nobody <laughs> wants to touch anymore um there's there's always uh, there's always bad reasons but they're well intended you know um so that was that was the first time i trashed a box and then um this well there was there was one time uh, I think I'd spoke about it recently on uh, on Twitter. I'd I'd found a um, a certain organisation had uh, added a, a, a for every error that was generated on a web server, it would um, send an email at a group with twenty people in it. <laughs> Yeah, so I uh, literally this was the week where I was like, oh fucking, what's uh, skip fish, and then I started playing with that. (laughs) (laughs) So I was. I hope your microphone's picking this up on the recording because it's fucking. It's gonna, be, can hear it. it's gonna be so wasted if it's just like us laughing uncontrollably every so often. I mean, we do that anyway, but like. Trust me, Andy. I think it's gonna be very fucking obvious. So, what I want to say, and I think Andy and Jill, I think both of you should give your perspectives as well. What I'm visualising in my head is you know that Rick and Morty episode where he's got that robot that he shags, and then yeah. so I can see one of them on his sofa with legs folded over, trying to read a newspaper, and then whenever she hears all. Audio, she turns her head and goes silence that's what i'm seeing that is exactly what i see as well there you go. Are, you, so that's... are you in my room have you, <laughs> have you hacked my webcam <laughs> no unsubscribe no this isn't andy fans this is ouija cast <laughs> um what was it going oh yeah so um so 20 people get an email and i was um just started playing with this new uh tool it just come out skipfish it's uh obviously it's not new now but um i was like all right let's see what it's about and get familiar with it so i blasted the web server with it and then uh, my boss phones me. He's like, John, what are you doing? Stop it. I'm, like, I'm having a sandwich. He's like, shut up. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, disconnect. Like, get off our box. Because we, we used to operate out of... Um, uh, we would jump on our screen sessions on remote shell box and then launch stuff from there. <laughs> and then upstream our uh, uh, web traffic through it as well, just to make sure that we had all the traffic and all of that sort of good operational um, geeking. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, disconnect, and then the yeah, I'd basically knocked out the uh, the mail uh, the mail systems for quite a few hours, and then yeah, yeah. So when we we're on the conference call, they were very angry with me, and they were they were like, oh, you know, like uh, this is this is a. Uh, uh, this is really low quality and I'm like look I understand that you're angry but let's just consider the architecture a little bit you know I, I didn't I didn't build it this way and I, I'm, I, I know that you don't want to hear you're welcome so what you're but... saying is this is a you problem <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm like I'm feeling like I'm the bad guy but reverse and uh, yeah, so th- that was uh, that was another. Um, I was really more. I wasn't really scared about the systems. I was really more scared that I'd fuck something up and uh, like that I was a hundred percent like being neglectful. When actually, uh, if somebody's like, "Oh, you've trashed the web server," I'm like, "Yeah, okay. Um, well, we'll try and figure out what's took it down, and we can sort of see see about remediation. If there's any specific things that it can't handle, then we'll put that in as a you know an availability issue, or there's some kind of passing error that might lead to other issues, and you know so on and so forth. Uh, we'll we'll explore 
explore it. And you, you don't actually often get a great deal of time to do any uh, sort of deeper exploration when you're doing sort of your uh, road warrior uh, consultancy when you're working at any other any other firms. But you know the argument's always there that we could do that a few letters. And and you know I think as security consultants and technologists uh, and, and sort of fans of uh, understanding things more, it's it, it's nice and we we appreciate having that extra time to be able to dig in deep with the right people that can also look with the same tools with different eyes, like a you know like a highly technical um, uh, system operator that, that knows their way around uh, Sysmon utilities, uh, uh, packet sniffing, and you know uh, deep uh, configuration understanding and and sort of operating system understandings and network understandings. We don't often get that. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I think that, like, my main thing was, uh, have I covered my own ass? What does my accountability look like? And, yeah. and there's that immediate, like, oh, shit, you know, I'm, I'm blasting it with this new tool, and I haven't actually spent much time playing around with this tool. I thought, it's a web server fuzzer. I've got to fuzz some web servers. That sounds good to me. I didn't realize, you know, and, and I didn't sort of think in any possible way that somebody would configure things badly, which is completely naive because <laughs> look at what we do for a living, right? We, we validate that things are either done correctly, uh, which is rare and cool. Well, not rare. It's, it's getting, I think things it's are getting, getting a better. lot better. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, the, the last five years, it's gotten a lot better, but like, I, I, yeah. I, exa- I agree exactly what you mean. When you, when you do find a system that's uh, c- correctly configured, you go, well, shit. This yeah. is going to be a difficult report. <laughs> it's like every time, like, and I say this, like, I've been like 12 years in, maybe 13 years in. When I've come across something that's like difficult to hack, I'm like, I'm shit. It's not, this is a good piece of software. It's, I'm shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> picking on one of my friend's uh, piece of software, he has a, a report writing tool that he, he sells. And uh, he's like, John, go on, you owe me an RCE. I couldn't get one. I'm like, so pissed off. So like, I'm like, I need I need to be able to continue to be able to test this whenever I have a good idea so that I can try and get one. I feel like it's beating me. But uh, for, for anybody that's uh, n- uh, new and they come across secure applications, you're not shit. Some things are getting better. <laughs> you'll still think you're shit and it won't matter with me telling you this but from my experience when I come across some sort of good security I don't mind saying that's a good bit of security but there's always that sort of um, undertone of oh my god I'm a fucking loser I mean I am anyway yeah. but you know no I can imagine that like, is, there, is there a kind of expectation level for you to at least get a couple of these on every job or like find one kind of killer like issue just to prove that you've gonna to feel like you've done the right yeah and feel like you've given the value but oh man what's what the fuck really good at like what the actual it's, fuck is that I've tried to explain it's the uh, fire yeah. alarm system in the house but, but why yeah, does it tell you silence like si- yeah so I think is my it- flatmate's cooking next door so quarantine <laughs> life yeah. it was like silence doesn't sound like something like um, you know like you're on fire you're on fire you're on oh, fire no. trust me like, see, see if it actually happens I'm just going to keep the recording going like see that is exactly what happens man it basically goes up full Star Trek red alert on you like, it's, and all, not that we've all got Philips Hue lights so it flashes red so it looks like the place is on fucking fire man it's I mean, the most scary experience they go through but. I mean there could be worse things happening if you've got a red light in your room I'm not going to lie but um, it goes cool. from the sex box but <laughs> <laughs> silence erotic lighting um <laughs> Hugh connected. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think so. That, back, um, back on track. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're fucking bouncing all over the place. So um, I yeah, I, I think that uh, the the adding of value is like it's nice when you like if you do work for a, another security company and they're like you won't get much out of this and then you don't get much out of this. It's okay because you've we've all been there. But then 
when you've got a company like it's always a really nice feeling when you've like worked with an organization they're like ah oh, you won't get much today and you're like oh is it it's a really challenge the accepted it, yeah. crack knuckles can I <laughs> yeah so it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, you, you feel like well I feel like uh, I should hack you now I should hack you even harder and really there's nothing else that you wouldn't try you just become more annoyed that you know you can't get in or you couldn't uh, you know you couldn't demonstrate some of the skills that you've previously been able to have success with in other environments um, but if you flip but that, is... if you flip that on its head though so there, there's the there's the same feeling of um, you, you either get you either start working for a new company and they've tested shit week, week in week out month in month out and it's the same client you come in fresh faced and you pop an RC, you pop, pop an SQL injection, you're just like, have I really chosen the right company? Or, or is this client really shit? And then on the converse side, when you come across a client and they've been tested by every company under the sun, they've been pen tested, red teamed, fucking all this shit. Mm. You come in, you're like, so do you want the good news or the bad news? And they're like, uh, right, okay, what's the, what's the bad news when your testing companies are shit? What's the good news? <laughs> We're in. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so the other thing is, and this is why this is why the sort of blend between crowdsourcing and consultancy is kind of like it's a tricky one. So, like a couple of maybe, pardon me, if you can just um, get rid of that burp. Sorry, pardon me. Harvey Weinstein with Mervid. Um, like, <laughs> you... <laughs> you gotta get out, man. You gotta get out. <laughs> Sorry, it's on my chest. Um, so I had, a, I, had a, I had a gig um, a while ago, and uh, it was it was actually when I'd left a bank, and uh, they were like, "Hey, John, can you come and do some extra work for us? You, you know, we've already got you on the books, blah blah blah. Nice and easy. They know who they are. They know what kind of uh, work to expect from me." And uh, I was like, yeah, cool. And then I sort of liaised with the the, pe- the system that I was testing. I was like, hey, you know, if we've got time, if you've got any previous pen test reports, if you can fire them over, it'd be great for me to take a look. Um, you know, because sometimes people fix things and sometimes people kind of fix it in a specific way that satisfies a certain optic, you know. Or makes it worse. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm looking at the reports and I'm like, I recognize these names on a global stage. I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm not going to get fuck all out of this. Uh, but actually, like you should never, you should always stick to your methodology and always like, regardless of what you think leading up to the test, just stick to what you normally do and, and don't let that like separate the emotion from the task, which sounds quite machine-like. But um, anyway, so I, I went into this thinking, well, I recognize these names and I know the documents that some of these people have written and I'm not, I'm not naming anybody because the point is that I think that there's only a certain amount of time and a certain amount of coverage that you might be able to achieve and and also as methodical as you can be like like how many how many things have you done that don't appear in any books or might have appeared on a blog site that's no longer available in like a specific technique or you know like a a sort of an interesting trick that might be related to a file system uh, or or maybe even a, a specific technology that's you know like as opposed to the broader this is how you execute javascript or this is a you know like a a polygot for sql or an xxe or or whatever and I, I, anyway, I I'd, I'd tested this uh, this um, uh, Windows app, and uh, I'd found some really good sort of Windows specific bugs in there, uh, and it was like all of the AppSec stuff was was pretty sound. But because I was thinking about this, uh, um, uh, thinking more like how can I attack this sort of Windows as a as a uh, attack surface, I'd, I'd managed to come away with something from there. And I, I didn't like when I handed over the report to him. I was like, look, I don't have a lot for you, but this is quite interesting stuff. There's a there's some XXE and there's some sort of hash dealing and some other bits and bobs. Um, but I, I kind of feel like you know when it's difficult to sort of attach uh, reputation to specific companies because a lot of pen testers move around quite a lot. 
I do think that there are some good companies that have some good methodology and some good work generally. So when they onboard people, they're quite careful about them, or you know, they know that they're 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 going to be good. They're either already good or can be shaped to be good and considerate. Yeah. But um, and then so so then you look at it in a, in a matter of time. Like how many good talented people can look at this? How much time? You know, you've got you've got to win the you've got to win the job. So you might be winning the job on cost as opposed to reputation or a bit of both. Um, but then when you've got maybe uh, 50, 60 bug hunters looking at something, it, it's kind of difficult to sort of dismiss that if you're purely looking for ex- exploitable bugs, there is some good value there that you might you, it might get overlooked as pen testing. But then now you've got all of the bug hunting companies that are turning and reframing their optics back around to, uh, we're kind of pen testers as well. So is there a it, kind of moment with pen testing, like when you've kind of gone from junior to senior or like you know uh, on that kind of journey is there a moment where you'll just get given like your full first solo pen test or does it is it more gradual than that over a long time bit by bit um <laughs> i think it um, depends on the company to be honest i yeah, mean yeah. If, if i'm being honest the first ever pen test i did was a solo pen test my, my i don't think i've ever told the story of how i first got into pen testing but basically joined a company and the next week they're like right so you're off to oslo and you're going to be doing a vpn assessment i'm like what the fuck's a VPN? And <laughs> where the fuck's Oslo? And that was that, basically. I um, yeah, I, I think um, I think that they sort of look at you a little bit. There's, there's, I mean, from the junior to senior thing, for me it was, um, I'm getting told that I'd um, passed an iTiger um, SST web app, uh, and then the next the, the next message I got was right, your pay has just gone up by like twenty grand or something, and like. That's fucking cool. Damn. Like, yeah. But then, <laughs> yeah. So then I'm like, uh, all right. Um, and I'm looking at all of these people that I sort of look up to in the industry, my friends, and uh, I've been really fortunate to be around some phenomenal thinkers. So when they're having conversations and I'm privy to those conversations, I get to learn just by being around them. And uh, that's been very important, uh, very valuable to me. And like, it stops me from ask, uh, asking stupid questions, or mostly stupid questions. Like, I think <laughs> I think they get they get a free knobhead that they can laugh at, and I get some good advice for sort of infosec. <laughs> and um, they get the satisfaction, obviously, when a career kind of pans out, and you've helped them along. Like, obviously, Paul's kind of done that for yourself. Uh, yeah. Andy and Carrie's certainly done that for me as well. Uh, I'd imagine that's a nice moment for them on their Science. side. I hope so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Uh, yeah, no, I'm Stop sex, man. Pineapple, got that. Um, so I think for for me, my my sort of moment of like, oh shit, I'm a senior. My main thing was, oh shit, I've just passed this exam. And I don't feel like I've leveled up at all. I've just managed to get through this exam, and I'm looking at like uh, I'm looking at people that I look up to that were because when you when you're working as a pen tester, it's like you've got to become a CTL or you've got to become a CTM, you've got to become a CTM or, or a CRT or a, you know a, um, all of the crest stuff or some of the cyber or some of the tiger. Like you've you've got to get your way through those security clearances so you can do government work. And there's a good bit of flexing as well when you're like oh, I'm a CTL, yeah, yeah, fuck off. But like um, it's <laughs> you don't realise that that's that's not really much it's the wealth of experience that other people have the you know their own journeys like um so uh, uh, I'll add, I got it you know Andy actually you look like his uh, little brother um Al, Al Moni like he, he did he did something really good with me when I was sort of uh, a junior and when he knew that I wasn't uh when he knew that I wasn't um wasn't quite clear on what I thought I knew he'd be like how does that work and he'd, he'd asked me to explain it uh, and it, it proper beast me as well though like if we were on site and i was doing something wrong it's like look i don't want you making me look like shit so 
fuck off. <laughs> he wasn't that bad, but uh, he, he was. I, I always, I always liked the sort of attitude that Al took with me. He was a little bit harsh, but I think, I think that I needed that kind of uh, sort of a bit of a bollocking every now and then just to sort of sober me up a little bit and focus on the tasks but he, he would always <laughs> he would always ask me um to sort of explain what i thought i knew uh and it, it would it was basically help me find out where i was wrong and he'd be like oh how does that work how does that work and hang on does does dns actually work that way or you know or are you sure that that's the way that you actually go to google from a web browser and you know and i could tell why he was asking and i always get nervous when he started doing like fuck i'll know something that i don't obviously because he's a smart guy but um, yeah, I think the, the the people that you meet along the way, I, I think that the senior moment is when you see juniors talking about things that, and problems that you've had and, and the sort of fights that you've had. Like you can see quite a lot of young lads on Twitter and young uh, young lasses on Twitter as well talking about the, the sort of the same things. And you start smiling going, oh, I remember that. Yeah, good old days. Yeah. Oh, and then <laughs> people are like, oh, you can port scan from a browser. It's like, oh, they're learning. Yeah, be spinning around for like forever. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> read the config. But yeah, but then there's still people that are older than me. So, um, and that have been doing it for a lot longer than me. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I do, I do think that the, just because you get a good qualification, you know, it's, it's, right, it it's, makes, it makes... it's, it's that certs aren't everything really. I mean, it, I a hundred percent agree with what you're saying about the, the whole CTL, um, debacle, uh, realistically when I got my CTL three years ago and I need to fucking recertify in January, which is going to be fucking hell, but, um, <laughs> That's and, uh, uh, it's just, it's Legoland's the worst place in the world. Um, but yeah, it, it, you, you don't really have that feeling of, right, I'm fucking elite as shit now. It's like, right, cool. I passed the certification. This is great. But in actual fact, it's the wealth of experience you learn from doing the jobs that get, yeah. that you need that certification to go and do that you get to, you actually realize how much you don't know. Yeah. And then when you're on site with people who clearly know what the fuck they're doing and have been doing this for a while, that yeah. like you learn so much. Like there, there's people who I work with uh, who know so much about so specific topics and you go and ask them about it and they, they you just learn things and yeah. it, it kind of came into its own light the other day when I was chatting to uh, Cyber Gibbons who I work with and he was yeah. asking me about Windows stuff and he was like right Andy you know about Windows I know fuck all about Windows well his exact words were Windows is not my best friend so <laughs> I was like well it's not my best friend either but we can we can we can work that out and I was talking about things and I was like how do you not know this and I was like actually hold on it's because you're so great yeah. at other topics and i've gone and learned about this that's actually it's privilege escalated me up to that that level but i'm still not as good as some people who you go and ask them about something they go all right yep this is the command you need to do for that or this is the specific area of the operating system you go for it or this is how you get a foothold and i'm just like blown away every day is yeah, this why jink like so if you're as an as an industry, this at least coming from the outside in and having kind of been in the audio circles and a couple of other ones, um, it seems that there's a, a lot of people willing to be really helpful, which is great within the community. But um, see, because ever, there's so much to learn, and not everyone's going to have the same experience, maybe in specific areas of infosec. But Jink, that's part of. <sighs> That, that seems to me like part of the joy of the industry that, that you can if you're engaged in the community and you know someone does something very specific that you can tap into that knowledge and people seem quite open with that uh yeah does that t seem to be the case i think i think there's a there's a there's a nice feeling that you get when you transfer some of your knowledge onto somebody and then they'll go and have success with it 
Yeah, for sure. You know, like if you if you teach somebody that to sort of finally comprehend uh, what uh, an alert actually means to to a system, it's like well, it's just a pop-up box. It's like yeah, but what does that? What's the background to that? It's, it's executing JavaScript, you know. And then when they start to visualize the the damage or, or you know or uh, just sort of comprehend on a, on a larger scale, then they go ahead. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I think that like just like you've been taught from other people like i remember i was in uh, i was in another bank uh, in and uh, one of the, one of the guys that i was working with he was is a very talented guy um he's from yorkshire it's not woody though but woody's very talented as well sorry woody i wasn't disney there i love you babe um <laughs> this this other guy uh, he he basically this was this was like xp era and he he'd gotten into um it basically opened up an uh, ftp and then launched NTDS, no, not NTDS, uh, NTSD, the symbolic uh, debugger in in, in uh, XP, and then used this. So launched XT, uh, FTP, uh, logged in through FTP, executed the uh, symbolic debugger to rip out the um, group policy settings to stop you from using CMD.exe. And I was just like, that's fucking awesome. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking cool. Um, and uh, it was like, it, I was like, how did you do that? And I think I probably spent maybe two hours that afternoon just repeating it, just so that I knew it, just in case next time. Yeah. You know, and there's other things that I could have been gotten on with, but just there's, there's some things that are so sweet. And there's so many, there's such uh, quite a lot of good things that are happening in that one sort of little attack path of, um, you know, you've, you've gotten some sort of uh, access to a system and then there's another challenge and then you're, you're overcoming, uh, overcoming coming that with the knowledge that you have with the, the sort of small set of tools that you have and there was no metasploit or anything it was just like understanding what was available on an operating system and uh, I, I did like that you know and not to diss metasploit I think it's fantastic but um yeah, uh, the I think that the transference of knowledge is why we we as a community love to share things. But I think that we're quite uh, we're quite stabby when it comes to people getting things wrong. Like I know that well, we're, we're quite we're quite gatekeepy to an extent as well. I mean, there's there's kind of maybe three kinds of people in infosec. Obviously, there's lots of different types of people. But uh, from a knowledge perspective, you've got those that are willing to share everything, uh, who are out there to mentor or give give forward. You've got those that will share a little bit of knowledge, shoot you down if you're fucking wrong, and then you've got the other people who are just like not telling your fucking thing yeah they'll, they'll only share with you when they want to highlight that you've done it wrong yeah um, but then i think that that comes a little bit with the there's i think that we our personalities are quite telling on twitter as well or like i love being an asshole i mean because well, you are an asshole though that's the yeah i, I, that's, that, I mean you've got to <laughs> living that best life <laughs> yeah. fuck you guys no but like i mean I, I i think that i'm i'm as polite as i can be and I, I, i'd probably be a little bit nicer in person but sometimes uh i don't know sometimes i'm just a moody bitch maybe it's because i'm a bit grumpy or i don't know but i think that our personalities and we can see other people's personalities as well so there's this kind of like painting that we get in our heads of like well do you know what? i actually like what that person's about and i like the things that they share and i like the points that they make so i am going to go out of my way to help that person but then when there's somebody that you think is a little bit arrogant and that might be cultural it might be the country that they live in or the background that they've had it doesn't matter we, we, all, we all judge a little bit or a lot and then if you don't like that person because you think that they're cocky or they've just shared way too many showdown screenshots or, or whatever then you know <laughs> you, you're like you know what, i'm not going to help that That's guy so but... specific <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about but like... <laughs> no i actually i i genuinely don't know if you've got any names i'll, I'll tell you that it's not them even if it's it's not that person <laughs> Um, anyway, she's she's cool. Someone's anyway. gonna be paranoid as fuck out there. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you could stop doing showdown screenshots, that'd be great, please. It's it just it just makes me. Anyway, I'm, I'm getting into that now. I'm being a dick. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, like if there's if there's people that you think that you don't like it, that you've never really met, but it's difficult because then you've got this line of I, I probably care more about some of my Twitter friends than I do um, some most of the people I've actually met face to face. You know, like I, I think we spend a lot of time, we surrender quite a lot of nights out so that we can get balls deep into or, or vagina deep into some systems or some learning, and, and we love that, and that's why we're here, and that's why we stay here, and other people will sort of fall at the wayside to, you know, um, Nessus or something. I don't know, uh, but like, <laughs> but but I mean, the, the point is uh, that you know we get to choose who we like, and we're allowed to do that. But that also means, as a consequence, we're kind of addicted to people that we think we don't like, and maybe we don't like them until until we do. You know, and I know it sounds a bit too philosophical, but you know, whatever. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. I, I would definitely agree with that. Um, on on a tangent entirely, that's uh, oh fuck, people are sending really awful messages on tour, um, but we'll look past <laughs> it because <laughs> I was asking if they had any, had any questions, but we're not at that point yet. Uh, oh, Steve's replied, has he? Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck, no, I don't think so. Hopefully not. Um, yeah, what, like I've, my brain's broken. It's always broken. But no, um, what's like the security industry like? For the last twelve years, how how much has it changed for you? I mean, obviously you've gone from being employed by a company to being a uh, self-employed contractor. But beside that point, what's what's kind of been the biggest, I don't know, evolutionary change? Um, from an AppSec perspective, I think the frameworks are getting better at um, keeping all of the naughty characters in the right places. Um, from an infrastructure perspective, uh, I think Windows 10 is fantastic. Uh, I think that uh, Defender's getting a lot better. It's making it more annoying when I'm doing any sort of infrastructure work, which is good. Uh, and I think that the compliance frameworks and the importance of you know having some type of pillars, your cyber essentials, ISOs, or or um, you know whatever geography-based compliances that you have, you know mm-hmm. the sort of logging, monitor alerting, and the costs of uh, of you know pretty fucking good defense uh, systems that can be implemented. Um, you know either a, a, a low quality a low quality team with a high quality product or a high quality team with open source tooling um i think i think that that's improved a lot it's like we know we know where we need to be to get the most defense out of the areas that we can defend and those gaps that are sort of still left over we know that we're working on them like how do we solve the phishing problem or how do we solve the shitty password problem um maybe they don't go away but there's always new ways to sort of uh try and suppress that and i think microsoft's going like balls to the wall on good security like some of the controls and some of the systems that they have in their uh in their uh, cloud stuff now it's phenomenal it's uh it's really taken the fun out of pen testing so i quit that's an interesting one because i've been thinking uh reading or just hearing about different kind of people talking about this like the kind of move to the cloud like and what that might actually mean for security when you've got less stuff hosted maybe uh, by uh a half-houred IT department on site that's maybe not you know kept up to date in the way that it should be like and not maintained. Um, but yeah. obviously, once that kind of ends up in the cloud, um, depending obviously what kind of service you are kind of renting from the vendor, like do you think that's going to cause make things more difficult? Just just a just a segue, and I think you'll find the cloud is someone else's computer. Microsoft said it this <laughs> afternoon, so therefore they're correct. Silence, <laughs> silence, <laughs> silence. Um, yeah, I, so I mean, I had a, I've had a, I've had a few clients actually where they've they've brought me in and said, right, make our security good, and 
um, the their sort of rendition of a security team upon sort of asking them some some sort of uh, you know, a little bit of screening and and, and obviously no offence to these people you can only do uh, you can only learn as much as what's available to learn you can only be as passionate as you think you are about something and you know this and the other so um, from a defence perspective what you've got is uh, usually in small companies uh, IT teams that uh, think they know a bit about security and sometimes they do but they never really know enough from uh, somebody that's a, a combatant like ourselves that do security every single day 24-7. It's not about installing things. It's about defending things or, mm-hmm. or uh, compromising things. So um, I had a, a, a quite a frank chat with the guy. I was like, look, there's no point in building a security team here. Uh, what you need is somebody that knows a little bit about it and you want to implement a, a decent EDR that you can sort of rely on to a reasonable degree. Um, the, the, the amount of money that you would uh, need to build a team and have that team kept um, happy um, 24-7, uh, availability uh, and to keep their skills up to date with all of the current threats and this that and the other you're going to have to spend a lot more money than it, what it would cost to get this provider or one of the many good EDR providers in uh, to sort of pseudo replace a security team but you know not, not really replace them but just offer like good defense and know what um, real attacks look like yeah. Um, so yeah I think we might see more of that it might just be that you have um, a handful of security uh, or very few maybe two or three like one good person one junior or medium defender or slash IT enthusiast, um, you know, looking after a lot of small businesses. But obviously where the enterprises go, um, they, they deserve good security teams because they need to be, uh, you know, they need to be accountable down to the packet. Yeah, uh, of course. Would you, say, uh, but, would you say bigger teams are more effective then by that, that kind of using that mantra or is it totally uh, subjective? I think big no, I, yeah. I think bigger teams have different sets of problems, and they're usually political. Um, I, <laughs> I think uh, I think when you've got bigger teams, um, they know exactly what they need. But with bigger teams comes bigger requirements, and uh, things are more expensive when they're licensed per user or per IP or per this or per that. Um, I, it really depends on the people, and if you don't keep the people, and you don't. Um, um, keep them happy, keep them sort of well-fed with uh, interesting projects and good work to do, then they're just going to get a call from a recruiter one day when they're pissed off and they're going to be like, oh, let's put another 20, 30, 40 grand on your salary and you can come and work at this cool new fintech uh, mega startup-y fucking whatever. And they'll be like, hey, do you know what? Um, I've been trying to get that new thing for a couple of years here. I don't feel like they're listening to me. Off I fuck. You know, and, <laughs> and that happens in pen testing as well. Like, you know, the, the recruiters are, are pretty pretty savage. You know, they're, they're always phoning people up. They're even phoning people up in, in their offices where they work as, as pen testers. They're like, oh, yeah, hi. Um, you know, uh, we can we can give you a new job. You can start tomorrow if you're having a bad time. And all you need is like... You know, you'll be dra- dragging your ass uh, maybe one too many times across the country uh, because a uh, sales guy has told them that you can do a, a, a Java application uh, when you get there thinking you're doing a web application or, you know, that happens one too many times and you don't feel like you're being listened to. The next thing you know, uh, you've got this recruiter saying sweet nothings and uh, you're off, you know. The temptation uh, must be really <laughs> just so is present every single time that happens, but I'm sure the idea of necessarily jumping around too much can have a negative impact on your career I'd imagine like you would imagine if you're a if you're a, a crest registered uh, pen tester or a, you've got a, the the ability to do uh, check work um I don't think so like so, so a lot of people a lot of people don't really give a shit who you are or how good you are if they're selling penetration testing services what they want to know is um uh, are you billable and can you do 
CTL work or CTM work or, yeah. you know, and, and, and they, they, they don't really necessarily care. I mean, there are, there's a lot of companies out there that will care cu- culturally, but th- that requirement will be superseded by your qualifications in the UK, at least anyway, I think. I know that sounds a bit harsh and shitty, but it's true. Based on my experience, it, it's, yeah. it's definitely true. I mean, the, the, um, I suppose it's a stigma around moving jobs too many times. There are some employers that will look at that and go, right, okay, maybe, like, I mean, to be fair, there's people that I've looked at in the past who, um, not not my current company, but previous companies, where they've moved about 20 times in two years and you, wow. you actually come to come to the point where it's like, maybe, maybe the other companies <laughs> aren't the problem. Maybe, yeah. it's, maybe it's a you problem. Yeah, and then you interview it. them and you go, definitely oh, a yeah. you problem. Definitely like, a you problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, show me how you do a pen test. Where, where, you, go? where are you going? Yo, where are you going? <laughs> to, I mean, I mean, to, on the on the opposite side of that though, like I've I've taken on contracts where I've been brought in to do some stuff, and I've been really fucking excited about doing it uh, from like large scale vulnerability management uh, across like massive environments to um, uh, m- managing like a, a the diff- a web. Uh, or web uh, internet facing systems for like a uh, large uh, luxury brands and stuff and when when i've said uh, this is what i want to do and then when they told me why i can't i'm like that kind of affects the whole reason why i'm here um to the point where i'm like look y- you guys need somebody here to deal with the continuous firefighting that's not going to improve unless you implement some better processes um and here's what i recommend oh we can't do that because red tape red tape politics politics I'm like well do you know what I'm not fucking interested then. I'm, I'm here to kick ass and chew bubblegum. And if you won't let me kick any ass, then I don't really know how I can help you other than pay lip service to the role that I'm not doing very well because you won't let me. And I've left, yeah. I've, I've left contracts because of it. Um, and I don't mind doing that, um, providing that there's a good enough reason that I can explain. We, we all know why I was here and that's shifted you know, so just, I, I, yeah. I think I think if the if the scope of work isn't what you've been promised as a as a security person or anybody actually in any job, if the scope of work isn't what you've been promised, then I think that it's okay to leave. But twenty times a year, that's uh, that's too much. That's that's too twenty two years. It's like one once like we worked it out. It was about once every six weeks they were changing jobs, and it's <laughs> just like <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> There's going to be somebody that's listening to this thinking, silence, silence, Andrew, silence. <laughs> Don't use my Sunday name. No, he's like, he's like, he's like that's it. I'm leaving. <laughs> well, that's the thing, isn't it? I suppose because one thing I've realized over the last year is just like how valuable your time is when you're learning things. And if you're wanting to, if you enjoy learning a lot, and that is kind of part of a lifestyle that you love that, you know, uh, an afternoon of doing for me at the moment an afternoon that i can choose to do like a new web app vulnerability that i've not really studied yeah. you know at the end of that four hours that's really valuable because i'll probably walk out it knowing how to test it and having a good understanding yeah. right, of the kind of underlying stuff like so um i think when, when you start realizing that you know your time's that valuable and you're with an employer and you've got an idea that i want to get to this certain part if you've been vocal about that and then they maybe put you doing kind of double jobs that you don't really it's not really getting you where you need to go i think yeah it sounds like it's quite important to kind of be quite honest with that it's i mean it's a little bit precious of me to be in that position to say oh i'm only doing what i said we were doing i know that there should be a a can-do attitude guys let's just get through the day you know but um 
yeah, I, I think the reason that I'll take on uh, some jobs, some jobs it's just like, oh shit, I need some money and I need to do some work. Other jobs, it's um, that sounds fucking cool and I, I'm excited to be able to brag about how good of a job I think I can do about this. A project more yeah. than as yeah. much as a job. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're all they're all kind of projects. You touched on something there about the web app testing that I want to I want to talk about a little bit, and it's got nothing to do with what we're asking, uh, what we're talking about now. But um, and it's the it was really about the uh, when you're when you're learning and and uh, playing around with stuff and learning new things you're learning what does and what doesn't work and i think that that's an important thing from moving from a junior to a medium or a senior position is it's knowing when to stop on a thing like Mm -hmm. you know there's been times where i'd I'd keep looking on challenges and i'd I'd be looking in the wrong direction but i wouldn't know that it was the wrong direction and i'd be going fucking mental like i don't i don't get it like i I understand this operating system i I know what's going on i I can't see where the problem is and the problem's just not there but like an experienced person will have already gone through that dogfight with themselves and then the next time you're in that same situation you won't spend four five six seven two days on it you'll go i'm going to give this 20 minutes because that's the amount of time that i need to assess and uh, you know and uh, understand whether or not this area has uh, yeah. anything good for me and i think that right i think that there's a lot of juniors that are so highly talented but not necessarily knowing when to stop and i think that that's a good skill you, you, uh, get, you, know. you get essentially root blindness like I've seen it on jobs whereby somebody gets so hell bent on getting a shell and it's like you've, you've, you've missed things that have fallen by the wayside yeah there are like lower risks but in actual fact the fact the client hasn't got an SSL certificate here Scott Helm eat your heart out um, that means that they, <laughs> they're actually downloading firmware over HTTP and if I'm on the same network which we are during this engagement I can rip that straight out patch the box and you're fucked and uh, they're like, oh, but I could get a shell here. I'm like, I really don't give a fuck right now. Like, we've found something that is usually usually be a medium tangible. risk, and it's tangible, and you can you can kind of quantify that to the client. And I suppose yeah. that does that does differentiate the, the the kind of the gap between senior and junior. I mean, I wouldn't. I suppose now I'm a bit of a senior because I've been testing for so many years. But for many years, I've still seen myself as a junior. I mean, we're all still technically always learning and all that sort of stuff. And I don't think you yeah. ever really privilege escalate up to senior until you're really well steve wilson for example who's been doing it for fucking two decades or whatever yeah i think i think one thing that's important as well and and it's one thing that steve isn't is ginger so you know he's obviously <laughs> Fuck yeah. yeah 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 <laughs> get that one in there i actually have a ginger beard so it's not obviously yeah. not a real beard. Uh, join the club bro join the club yeah <laughs> um no yeah i think um yeah and you'll see steve's always reading or learning something new as well i mean between pints yeah. of vodka and milk oh yeah um, fucking but, hell <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I think that the 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 uh the skill and the talent that's available nowadays and the the sort of the young people that are coming into the light of uh, how how fast and effective they are at uh, identifying security flaws um i think that the 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 real main difference is just site experience you know like knowing when to stop or uh, knowing how to deal with uh, uh, clients uh, or knowing when to sort of be a little bit more polite about how you deliver information because it's really exciting when you've gotten some good stuff like remember your first really good job be like oh that was a piece of shit when actually it is a piece of shit but you were there because they asked you to be there because they think it might be a piece of shit you know but you're the way that the way that i'd frame it when i was a sort of um uh very excited about it all i was always thinking oh yeah that was bullshit i can't believe they wrote that blah 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 but that's why you're there right so i'd imagine like so you're talking about like um, kind of red teaming, like, or just anything where you kind of got billable hours, and well, if you, you mean, you like mean security about, testing in general? Just that, yeah, I suppose as in general. Uh, like, so if you're 
like you say, kind of root blindness. Kind of like you've just got absolute, just I'm going to get this and you spend, you know, more hours than you should on it. But um, is that difficult for people that are starting out as pen testers? Because, or as red teamers, I guess. Is this as much for pen testing as red teaming? Like talking about root? Um, I uh, so I, I can't claim to be red teaming because I'm a one man uh, one man band. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done offensive security gigs where I I, I like uh, I like MD sex uh, uh, wording of sort of adversarial simulation. You know, um, I, I've done a, I've done a bit. Um, I think the the hardest part for for the work that I've done is just sort of making sure that I didn't trip out some of the defenses which were very good defenses um it's kind of a, a slightly different story uh, which we can talk about later if you want but or, or in a minute but um to the to the point of wasted time um I remember once uh <laughs> I remember once when I was on a gig and I was a junior and it sent me I, I shouldn't have been sent as a junior actually um the, the, I think it was I'm the only person that's available and um I, I felt really bad because when I came back I looked at the the amount of addresses that I was supposed to have hit and I looked at how I'd fixated on this one box and I'd managed to get it but the, like going back to what Andy said it, it doesn't scale very well and you always have to consider your scope you know like if I've, yeah. if I've got one vulnerable box I can tinker around on I'm like oh cool my my metasploit uh, dumped the passwords oh yeah cool nice uh, what, what else can I do you know what's, what's it got access to how can I move around you know I wasn't really thinking about um where else can I go with this? I was just like, I'm in. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm slightly relieved because I've broken into a box, and it, what it should have been was, all right, that's one out of the way. With fuck off, let's yeah. what's next or where yeah, else can I it. push? But um, uh, I, I hated. I, I, I beat myself up quite badly when I came back for that because I think uh, one of the senior guys it sort of uh, QA'd the report and they pulled me aside. He's like, dude, like what? What the fuck? He's <laughs> like, <you've, laughs> like, I'm looking at this and it looks like you've just picked on one box. And I'm yeah. like, and I started to sort of, you know, that sort of prickly sweat that you get when you're like, oh, fuck, oh, you go, oh, fuck, yeah, yeah. So I've I was been like, rumbled. <laughs> yeah. So it's a bit like silence. Um, but... <laughs> see, see if, see if Dave's microphone doesn't pick up any of this. People are gonna be listening back, going, what the fuck are these lunatics on about? I'm just gonna ruin it. If you've heard it, then the mic's heard it. Like. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, so uh, I wanted to talk about a, a little bit of a. It was I can't really call it a red team, but it's the closest thing to it. Um, I was I was doing a, a gig where I I wanted to sort of. We we all knew we all knew that the we needed two FA, but sometimes you need to hit it with a sledgehammer so that the business buys in. Um, anyway, um, we we had some good defenses on the network, which uh, were good by name, but not necessarily well configured, um, or not. Um, not uh, not commanded as good as they could be and you know yeah. there's some highlighting around the sort of focus on just because we've got the tools it doesn't mean to say that we're using them correctly and um anyway so i'd i'd popped in over a vpn and i'd uh, i'd jumped onto a raspberry pi which was powering some dashboard for the it team and it was mm-hmm. obviously um uh, raspberry and pi so uh, so i moved from uh, my layer 3 vpn to layer 2 on the pi and then pulled responder onto that and then you know the rest anyway um i'd, I'd done my work i'd gotten into I'd taken over a domain i'd got into the azure cloud infrastructure and got my screenshots and all that cool shit like you know this is mine now thanks uh, but what was interesting <laughs> What was interesting was that I'd pulled um, I'd pulled the IT team into a room 
because um, the way that it all came down was uh, you have your uh, normal user, you have a local admin user, and then you have a domain user. And this, they were separated by like, you know, like a, a, a minus D for domain or a minus A for admin and then without for normal user. Yeah. And um, so I'd, I'd cracked a couple of passwords and I'd noticed that the A and the D were the same for, uh, for, no. for, for one specific person. And I didn't bother doing the rest because you don't need to crack all the passwords, right? And um, pardon me. So I got the IT team in the room. I was like, "Look, I'm not picking anybody out, Steve. I'm not picking anybody out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not picking anybody out. But what we need to do is not have the same password for uh, our accounts." I said, "I can. I fucking run through this place once I once I realise that some you know there's some people using uh, the same password for their domain, for their local admin, and for their normal account, for their least privileged account. And, then, and I've also noticed that a lot of users are running stuff as admin just when when you probably don't need to." And uh, so anyway, so um, for, if anybody's doing that, you know, go and, go and make those changes. And I was talking about one guy, and this was a room for, of maybe 12 IT people. And I think I got about seven people come up to me later on that day going, oh, jeez, John, I've changed my password. And I was like, fuck. You know, I, I, didn't even, I didn't even crack half of them. But it, every time you do some type of password cracking, there's always something to learn either about the person yeah. with the, 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 the dodgy passwords that they've decided to use um, or, or like a, a more cultural thing like this where if you've got separate accounts, you need separate passwords. And it's something that's as simple as that sentence that's really overlooked because, you know, IT are fairly competent system commanders, but they're, they're also like everybody else. They're sort of uh, creatures of habit. You know, having to remember uh, like some kind of bullshit password every every like 29, 39 days, or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's it's annoying for everybody, uh, and you can totally tell why they might just copy and paste that one password into all of the new password fields. But ultimately, that was mostly the sort of part of the downfall. Uh, I've been really guilty of that in the past. To see what I guess it's the same for anyone that eventually learned security, and obviously hindsight's always twenty twenty. But like, see, so some of the, of the password hygiene. I've had, jeez Christ, like, like as it's the kind, I know that it's the kind of stuff that I would want to come across now in my career if I was doing pen testing. Do you know what I mean? It's very cringe, and I think it's important to hold on to that and remember that you were guilty once and try and remember why it was you never gave a shit. Because I guess that's when you're going to give the best advice as what would have convinced you that this is a fucking problem. But. Yeah, well, do you know, there's there's another thing. Um, I just want to I just want to pause for a second and, you know, did you just say you wanted to come across something? Silence. <laughs> okay. So, so uh, the, the the other thing about um, your password is like, and and I think this is something that kind of annoys me a little bit sometimes when maybe Troy's sort of complaining that people have bad passwords. I'm like, dude, like obviously I don't have a big voice, and sometimes me and Troy talk, and sometimes we disagree, and sometimes we agree, but. My view is, if you're a web application owner, oh, there's two things actually. I'm going to get this out. If you're a web application owner and you're not making it possible to have uh, secure uh, authentication mechanics and you're allowing people to choose shit passwords, they're going to choose shit passwords. So build that into your program. But the second thing is, if you're if you're a web application owner and you want to be a bit honest about how people use your website, if people don't use your website that much, lock them out. Let them do a password reset to get a magic link to get access back. There's other people already doing that. You know, like how how valuable is the website? Like you must have. You know, you go on a website and ask you to sign up. You'll always go. I don't care about this. It can have my shit password, right? 
Yep. Maybe. <laughs> no, oh, I'm hundred percent. So it's, it's like you're on a test app as well. It's like, ah, oh, don't cover this. This can have a password one, two, three, and you you see the app gets breached several years later. You're like, well, there's yeah. my test account. Shit. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like that. How uh, like you, there's this little mini calculation that that uh, developers might not be. Um, because everybody will probably think that their web application is their shit and that's why they deserve funding. But if they were a little bit more honest about, actually, we don't need you to log in that often. So why, do, why don't we lock you out until you need it and then we'll send it to your email address and then you can access your account for a while, do what you do. Or, or maybe even like, oh, we've noticed that you only log in once a month. You know, let's, why don't we lock you out for a bit? You know, like, and it's not locking you out like you can't get in. It's just disabled. You know, uh, and if you do get a magic link, then you know some dodges going on. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the I think that the authentication mechanics are still maturing, and I'm just saying that so that Octa can fuck off messing with my uh, my bug bounties. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think that's a good product as well. Um, so so yeah, uh, we've talked about you uh, doing some stuff. Uh, we've talked about web apps. Uh, what else? Uh, like, well, I suppose we can we can either talk about some other stuff or we can talk about the questions at the end of the podcast. It's entirely up to yourself. I'd I'd be quite interested to hear about cameras, but we can probably do it after the podcast. We need to get in this way. Yeah, well, uh, we can do we can do some cameras and maybe later. We'll, no, let's we'll, do, we'll, take it off. Let's do cameras. Let's, no, let's just do fucking cameras actually, because uh, you uh, you posted. You've like, got expensive four. cameras, John. You've got a problem. I've got yeah, one. You, I've got one. Yeah, is a Leica, was it? <laughs> Yeah, I got a, yeah. I got a Q, I got a, got myself a Q2. Um, I don't um, I don't get out that much. I, so I have a, a bit of my spine missing, and uh, so I'm usually like that's usually my excuse for being a flaky bastard. Like if there's a conference, I'll try and get there, but I don't walk around a great deal uh, mm. because it, eventually it'll fuck me up the next day a little bit, and I'll have to eat a lot of painkillers I don't really want to eat, and they get like side yeah, effects, yeah. and I'm just suffering from awesomeitis. Anyway, so um, <laughs> one of the things that I try and do to get myself out of the house is um, take photographs of uh, stuff uh, so usually walking around London's pretty good because I can get a tube to an interesting part it's quite a densely populated city so I don't have yeah. to I don't have to walk I can walk a little bit but actually being quite different places uh, as long as it's London uh, or if I'm traveling to uh, gigs or if I am going on holiday then I'll point my camera at stuff and take 10 million photos and save 10 good ones and be like yeah these are just the 10 pictures that I took what are you talking about but um, <laughs> so I, I moved I moved to London to study photography I actually moved to London because I'd fell in love with a girl and uh, I used photography as an excuse so that I could live in uh, in, in university dorms because uh, <laughs> she, she was studying at the same uni and uh so yeah, photography was was pretty easy. I'd actually moved down on to, to do graphic design because I worked as a graphic designer, and then I uh, got two weeks anyway. I was like, dudes, I'm fucking cool at this. I don't need a I don't need a university degree. And they're like, yeah. I was like, can I can I change to photography? And uh, they were like, yeah. All right, let's have a look at your photos. I was like, all right, well, let's put you in year two. And I was like, nice. And oh, then nice. yeah, I didn't really I didn't really I didn't really click with the year two because I didn't really have that year one bond. So I just sort of kept myself to myself. And then mm. um, yeah, I, I got uh, our our tutor he was a, a former agent provocateur uh, uh sort of a fashion photographer so he would like basically shoot women in lingerie for his job and now he's got to deal with us a lot um, you, mean, you mean take pictures of them not not actually shoot them that would be awkward well i mean yeah maybe maybe i don't never, never really know what he's uh, doing there. yeah i mean i don't know what he's shooting them with uh or, <laughs> yeah, but he would tell us that it was a a, a six four six four five you know like uh, medium format film cameras so we all had to use um medium format cameras for our shots which was super annoying because i hated developing them and i know that dan's probably going john you're a 
dick because <laughs> Dan loves developing his film. You could probably he could probably develop film whilst doing some kind of ninja roll over a, a border that he shouldn't be crossing. He's That's because fucking... Dan Cuthbert's a fucking ninja. He is, isn't he? You should get him on there. He'll come on. Yeah. Um, so. Um, so yeah, I, I I did the the film stuff for a while, and I, I enjoyed the the sort of romance of, you know, uh, it, it's not digital. You've got you've got this moment in time where you your shutter flip uh, hit, uh, opens up, and then you've got the light hitting these crystals, and it's making a record of that moment yeah, under your control. And yeah, it's 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 kind of it's kind of nice. Um, but then when you get your slides, and you're like fucking out of focus, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't get a preview. But I mean, yeah, I, I like film. I, I probably would get another film camera, but I like the uh, the M- the M6. The Leica M6 is really kind to me as a as a 35 mil or the. There's, it's kind of cheap actually. There's a Pentax 645, um, and it's a really really friendly medium format camera, and the lens is just. It, like so the, the 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 way that you build your glass on a on a camera lens generates different types of bouquet so your different blurry backgrounds and your different fields mm-hmm. the the one on the pentax 645 it's it's kind of a cheap and it's quite a loose camera it doesn't feel very good but the every picture that i've taken with it i've felt really uh almost like soothing like kind of like a warm you know, like one of those quiet nights where you're having a little chat with your granny in the kitchen kind of yeah that kind yeah, of satisfying photo. yeah right. i love yeah, those cameras sure. i mean uh, there's one set of photos that you put up on Twitter uh, and one of the like you know how sometimes a photo just kind of like it just pulls you aside of whatever you're doing and you go wow like, there's, there's just a lot in that like it's the one of the was that a homeless chap uh, I think you said in a, maybe in New York I might have been wrong it was a London no. young guy <laughs> it was a London like, yeah. yeah that was a that was a dude called Andrew um, there's actually a bit of a backstory to him but uh, I want to hear this story. yeah let's have so, it um, so he, he uh, I was having to wander around I just I think I'd just gotten this was actually done with uh, my um, when the Leica Q first came out because I got the first edition of it um, and uh, I was having to wander around and I don't know why but I felt like uh, I felt compelled to tell him like, I was like he's got a really interesting face and old people with lots of wrinkles and you know like a lot of weathered face it's, yeah. it looks good um, you know and it looks good if you're doing the sort of HDR type photography or if you're just doing like a, a really sort of tonal uh, image and um, I, I walked past him a little bit and then I'd I, I'd sort of stopped and turned around and he'd noticed me and I was like, dude, um, this might sound a little bit crazy. And I came up with this excuse that he probably didn't need to hear, but I wanted to yeah. say that I was kind of a bit approachable. I was like, look, my girlfriend won't let me take photos of beautiful women, so but she will let me take photos of interesting men. I said, you look like an interesting guy. Can I take your picture? And uh, <laughs> he was like, yeah, all right, go on then. <laughs> Just like, give me shit. And, uh, and um, like, it could, it could, it was such a shame. So th- th- I later learned that um basically his wife had, had passed and he just fucking given up like I, I still see him uh, like staggering and walking around and I say uh, sometimes I'll say hey Andrew and the last time I tried to talk to him he had fucking no idea who I was or that we'd ever had a conversation it's really yeah. sad actually um but, sad. yeah it's a it, it, it makes it like I know that everybody with uh, a drinking problem should be tra- as somebody that needs some help but you feel a little bit more um, I, personally, I feel a little bit more sorry for him knowing that he's gone through, like now that you understand the hardship that yeah. sort of brought him to that situation. But The context of yeah. the and, life behind yeah. the photo as well. Like, that's a big thing about that photo. Like, see when you understand a bit of the backstory like, and you can maybe get, you get a lot from that photo just as is, just as a nice moment in time or a, a, an interesting one. But yeah, yeah, when you start knowing more about the backstory, it definitely adds more to it. 
I come there like with me sort of spending more time in uh, on computers and less time around people. I have become um, more, uh, oh, sorry, less uh, less good at sort of uh, approaching people and talking to people. I, I once I'm comfortable with my friends, I'll I'll be an idiot. But talking to strangers and approaching people with cameras nowadays doesn't seem as as easy to do as it used to maybe 10, 15 years ago. Um, but yeah, it's something that I I would like to get better at is just sort of approaching people. And there's a there's a, a there's a chap that does some uh, really interesting Leica sort of uh, training from the Leica store in London, where he'll basically I think he'll you give him a couple hundred quid and then it gives you these briefs and you've got to run around uh, London getting in people's faces a little bit. And I think I need a little bit more of that. But I also feel very aware that I wouldn't want somebody shoving a camera in my face, you know. But yeah. that's that's what I want to capture as well. So it's kind of like. That's an interesting one. Yeah, well, you're, you're, you're in London, you may get shot. I mean, that's... <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, this this uh, cameras are cameras are nice. Uh, I like to, I like photography, and I think that um, cameras aside, uh, we've all got the ability to sort of capture some really good images. If you've got an iPhone, not an Android. Fuck you, Android people. But, um, <sighs> Including Andy here, for the yeah. record, actually, uh, yeah. you've now got a new another twitter account uh don't you be kind of doing a bit of photography man and the photos look really good then considering most of them oh, are taking on android i tried to i tried to look at those but it just seemed all blurry and pixelated I, I, maybe maybe i'll see something i'm not I'm, I'm, I'm joking i'm joking no i think i think that uh our our ability to capture uh, moments like you don't need you don't need a photographer nowadays you need some all you need is to understand a little bit of light and a little bit of composition like Lower thirds, yeah. yeah like I, I have the um i mean i have the iphone x uh, 11 pro whatever it is and the the camera on it and the light and the software that controls it is fucking phenomenal i don't actually need my Leica, but there's an element of me that's like well no i, I want a proper camera you know yeah. but yeah i think um We've all got. There was this. Uh, it was this little app that came out years ago, and it was called uh, the cam. The best. It's called the best camera or something like that. And the the whole hook was, the best camera that you have is the one that you've got. And it was a it was a phone app. So it was like we've got a camera on your phone. So this is the best camera you've got right now. So why don't you take some good photos with it? And I uh, thought that was a really nice way to sort of, you know, uh, say it is a camera phone, but it's a camera and it's the one that you've got. So go ahead and use it. You know, and I think that so much more goes into photography than uh, just like you say, it's, it's far more than just the technical side and how many pixels are there. Like it's about capturing the right thing at the right time. Like, yeah. um, I think you can yeah, draw yeah. more. Like if you if you if you if you look at your lighting conditions and then you understand a bit about aperture and shut speeds and, yeah, yeah. and if you're using film then obviously your film speeds and how all of those things interact with each other and affect each other um, I think that like you're a proper photographer in terms of commanding uh, cameras to the picture that you want so if you're if you're um, you, if you're wanting to take uh, uh, something with uh, that's like very very detailed with uh, v- v- uh, uh, not so much blur, then you might want to use a, a high f-stop. So you're shooting f16 or f22 or, or or something like that. And then, but you can't actually get away with that under certain lighting conditions. So you might need to either generate some light or find some light to, yeah. to sort of make sure that you can expose that in the in a, the right amount of time for your shutter speed to be happy, not to get blur and and all of that other stuff. But but again, like you can care about that if you want to, and it's it's almost like you have to subscribe to want to give a shit about that now because cameras on phones are really really good. But there's there's something romantic about having a camera, you know. Yeah, it's a level of abstraction, I guess, when it comes to the kind of phone cameras, the ability to kind of just point and shoot. Like, but then 
and even on the phone camera itself, you have the ability to do a lot of manual shots. Like I've been seeing a yeah. lot of kind of start uh, Milky Way shots using like a couple of the more modern phones, and that used to be an area where these phones struggled with quite badly. And yet, some of the shots I'm seeing, I'm just like, I can't get that with a DSLR. Like, yeah. and I've been I've tried numerous times in perfect conditions. Like, so yeah, it's handy. Uh, what do you think about the? Uh, this is completely non-infosecy. <laughs> I don't really give a shit. Um, there's. Uh, I can't remember what brand of phone, but there's gonna it's like an, it's now got an infrared camera and it can see through like an Apple TV box, like a perfectly black. Oh, can, it can see through clothes and stuff as well. Oh the, the yeah, one, the OnePlus One yeah. Eight Pro, I think it is. It's got an infrared exactly. camera. Yeah. So that's um, I think that that's cool. I think that um, uh, a couple of us were talking um, for a long time, and it was really just sort of chatting shit. But infrared light can be really useful to for counter surveillance. You know, um, if you if you shine something with an infrared light at your web camera, you'll see a little white blip that your eyes won't yep. see. And if you could scale that up to, and, and I think there was even like some criminals were using it where they put a lot of infrared light under their cap so that when they were walking into buildings, um, you couldn't see their face because it just looked like a, somebody was blasting light into their face. Just but, white, pure yeah, light. Yeah. yeah. And and I think that there's a, I think that there's application for that in this sort of surveillance age. But it's a matter of like, why, is there any long-term damage of fucking around with those kind of uh, uh, lights uh, uh you know like in or around your face or person and then how do you power it and how do you still make it look stylish because you know i think that i've gone off on one i think that um painting your face <laughs> with all of these triangles and squares and obfuscation things is cool but then if if the computers are going no i can't detect that you're going to fucking stand out like a sore thumb in a crowd of, like where a, there's normal yeah, people look, there's exactly the one with a weird shit on the got, face you know <laughs> you're going to light up like a christmas tree but i think the only way that kind of stuff would probably work would be i guess if you're managing to show somebody else's face like or something on the like, <laughs> yeah. which is a whole other world of fuckery Elvis <laughs> Elvis Elvis <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, I think um, uh, if there's if there's more if there's more ways to get more information that will help make a better picture, then do it. Like the, with the with the HDR stuff, what you used to do with cameras in the olden days with film and with digital cameras was a thing called bracketing, and what it meant was I'm going to take the same picture, but I'm going to underexpose it by a certain percentage of exposure value, like an EV value, so like EV 0.5, 0.3, or, or or one or seven or whatever, sort of roughly around one step of light. Um, mm-hmm. So if you were taking like a, a beautiful landscape of Scotland in any direction, um, you know, because Scotland's a, a, a beautiful place and very easy to photograph, um, Andy. <laughs> um, if you were if you were taking those landscapes uh, and you wanted to do a HDR type photo back in the day, you would have to take three images or five images or seven or nine images and then push them all Next together. In yeah, and then it would get the tones from the darkest images, but then the the highlights from the lightest images, and it would sort of do some really cool shit. Um, I, I, I actually. I used to use a, a third party tool which was I think it was called like HDR Pro or some, some sort of mm-hmm. sh- shitty but it was awesome um, and it was new but you can simulate all of that on your software on your phone now like all you got to do is press HDR button and when you think about the journey that that button's had behind it you know to get to just being press HDR cool shit you know yeah. but that's cool I, I remember the days uh, of, cool. of, of uh, bracketing like I, I used to have a bridge camera and I used to I used to like a lot of the photos on that Zephyr snaps are actually from when I used to take photos on that camera and taking seven well well five five three three five and seven different photographs at different light levels and then stitch them together later on in photoshop or in lightroom um yeah like there's a lot of effort and you're you're 100 correct now on a, on a phone you just click magic button and you take fucking phenomenal photos and i just feel well every time i go out and take photos i'm just like well this is this is great but i've got a lovely dslr in the house maybe i should take it out and then i take it out and i go <laughs> actually the camera the, the phone camera's taking such better photos like regardless yeah. 
Yeah, if you use like the light meter on your phone to get the, you can get like these little light meter apps and then yep. you go, all right, so I've got the digital thing telling me, so I've got the information that I need and I'm going to go to my film or my more manual setting because automatics for pussies or, or whatever your view is. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not. Um, but but it I, is. Um, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it is. Silence. <laughs> so, um, Silence. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think like I, I, I think that however you get that image, it's only important if you think about it. Like if somebody's telling you that you're taking a photo wrong, tell them to fuck off. Um, but uh, yeah, unless it's me, obviously. Um, but, uh, art's in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> yeah, I did a I did a training course for some uh, neat uh, neat kids, uh, not in education, employment, or training. Um, and this was from um, a company called was it Signal Films? Uh, they they were from my hometown of Barrow in Furness, and uh, they were like, "Hey, John, you're doing photography. We've seen some of your photos around town. Uh, we want you to come and teach some kids for two weeks. We'll do one week of um, uh, giving them a brief and delivering it, and we'll do another week of post production and Photoshop." And um, so I had like a, from from 13 to 17 year old guys and girls. Um, mm-hmm. There was I think there was 16, but then there was like maybe 12 by the time it had finished. Some of them had just been like, ah, fuck that, I can't be asked, which is yeah. fine because it was in their holiday as well. And um, so we walked through some of the like understanding. We, we got them all taking their main shots on manual and, and trying to get them to understand what it meant the most. And like even just like that little understanding metering by you know, how do you get a silhouette person with a bright sun and explaining what that means and how it happens on a camera you know mm-hmm. like you can see them going oh I fucking get it now yeah that's cool that and uh, when we got to Photoshop you'd see like the girls would want to remove blemishes and the guys would want to add like scars and blood and bruises and <laughs> it, was, it, it was fun it was fun but um, yeah um, I, I, I genuinely don't think it matters uh, how you capture your image or even if you don't use a camera if you're painting stuff or drawing stuff if it's if it's um, if it's something that you want to put down and share with people, then, you know, uh, th- I think there's a, a lot of creative people in our industry that are um, probably, uh, maybe possibly uh, wasted on InfoSec. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, so you, you can always learn, no matter what it is, you can choose to learn something at a kind of, you know, higher level, still completely enjoy it, still have it be a massive part of your life. And then you can choose to really get into the nitty gritty of it. And on a camera, obviously, you can absolutely do that. There's a thousand settings I don't know about. Uh, yeah, I'll still know more than your kind of average person. But uh, And I guess that's kind of similar to, <laughs> to somehow link this back to Info, InfoSec. Segway uh, back into InfoSec. <laughs> well, that's the thing, like, you've got automatic tooling, right? And I've been told not to use anything like that at all uh, just at the moment while I'm learning. Yeah. Uh, but when you understand, you know, the the underlying kind of side of it like you can start maybe using those tools a bit more like yeah. so it's important to understand that you can use a camera and it's simple as forming to take an amazing photo or you can learn all the in-depth stuff and take just as good a photo but you might have enjoyed it on a different level yeah i think i think that it boils down to um something similar to uh knowing when to stop like a few yep. like some some people like i made a little joke about nessus before which actually it's not fair because nessus uh or, or most of ability scanners are valuable um pardon me let me just burp a little bit harvey weinstein was murdered um <laughs> so, <In> hell. <laughs> i think <laughs> sorry i've got some gas i think that um i think that when you when you're using automation it's uh, the, the 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 scope of it should be understood like like i can't just go uh, like well what am i doing with this and what can it actually do for me or what am i trying to get out of it um yeah. and not becoming reliant on just saying 
or I'll I'll do a Nessus scan or I'll do a Nessus policy. Uh, I'll use a you know a certain a policy or I'll do a certain type of review. It's making sure that it's comprehensive enough to a job that you would be able to do manually, but you're not going to do manually because you either don't have the time because you're doing other yeah. things or you're on a different job or you're at least satisfied with the, the the baseline of what that can deliver and you're aware of what the gaps are for the areas that it doesn't cover. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I think that I think that goes for a lot in in infosec and not not necessarily pen testing but maybe vulnerability management and that sort of it security space mm. um I, I, and i think that with some of the some of the offensive tooling um you know it's quite it's quite easy to uh like we've i think that we're all pretty good masters at um installing cool software but we might not necessarily fully understand uh, the mechanics of what's going on underneath uh, yeah. until it's uh, until it's sort of either we either look at the code uh, look at the source code ourselves or we spend some time watching some uh, video casts of uh, you know people taking their time out to share and train with us like i'm, I'm quite mm -hmm. a visual learner um but sometimes i, I mean I'll, I'll always i'll always get what i need but i'd much prefer like uh, you know, uh, it's other people sort of going, oh, and check this bit out, and this is does this because of that, and then you mm -hmm. can sort of visualize in the background what it takes for those things to be achieved. But that comes with poking around and experience and messing around yeah. yourself. But but yeah, um, uh, automatic tooling, just you know, I think just understanding what its remit is, what its capabilities are, is uh, you well, know, it, and, it has it has its place. I mean, automatic tooling in general. There's one thing that I've learned from Nessus is it will rip out false positives from things that never exist like it'll be like oh yeah this is vulnerable to MSO8 I'm like uh huh yeah what check have you done oh port 445 is open so it's vulnerable to this I don't think so Nessus but good good try good try yeah yeah. I mean and, and so that's another thing as well so like um, with Nessus specifically so there was a couple of other vulnerability scanners there was Nexpose and there was one called Saint Scanner um, and then you've oh, got yeah. OpenVAS with your private uh, subscriptions which um, I've heard I've, I've, I've not had the balls to try but I've heard from good people that you know it can actually be uh, comprehensive and save you a bit of cash sorry Nessus um, but <laughs> um, but yeah I think um, Nessus is quite dominant in the vulnerability management space I'm kind of pissed off that the changes that they made uh, a little while ago with um, you know single user restricted API um, and uh, all of that other stuff that made it really annoying for us and I think in the background that was a side effect of large organizations like completely hammering a single uh, Nessus instance uh, across mm. their large Google and Facebook estates what? Um, so <laughs> we all we all got burnt uh, because of that, I think. But then it's also another opportunity for Nessus to actually move away from people like us that are doing the consulting and scanning and be more focused around. Oh, actually, this is for the IT team. So if I'm if I'm with an organisation and they don't have much in the vulnerability management space, I'll get a vulnerability. Uh, I'll get a Nessus install up and running, and. Uh, I'll, I'll build it, we'll test it, I'll show them the results, and then I'll spend some time handing it over to them. And it won't be a security thing. Security will have visibility on it, but it's really the IT department that needs to agree to the service level agreement to uh, you know how often they do their patches and what yeah. commitments they have to the IT security uh, uh, frameworks that they're trying to implement. You know, so uh, pen testers having Nessus is is, uh, is good. I mean, you can get there's there's a lot more to Nessie. You know, it'll do your firewalls and it'll do your authenticated scans and you know it'll it'll, it'll pull out some random shit actually. It's, it's all right. Um, no, trust me, that's my life daily. <laughs> so I'm uh, big on the Nessus. Uh, I think it's about right, having the right tool for the right job and having the experience enough to know that uh, which, which one and when. Like, and like you say, the underlying understanding of what it's doing if it's automated. Like, yeah. But, I, got um, a, um, I was thinking... 
I, I was just going to chuck in there. My one of my sort of uh, last blog posts. I got a little uh, a local privilege escalation with the uh, mm. Tenable IO client. They fixed it now, um, but they gave me a free copy of Nessus for finding it, which was nice. Uh, basically, yeah. um, mm. I set off an authenticated scan, and then I left um, Procmon running on the target machine, and then I just looked for the usual stuff for binary planting, which was the name not found, and then uh, looked for uh, files in user writable locations, and then saw that it was trying to find and execute a file in a user-controlled space. And then I just put that file there, which was really my uh, Cobalt Strike uh, payload, whatever. <laughs> and then I won. Uh, it was it was quite fun. So I, yeah, I think that that's worth a bit of money. So I used, yeah, I used that like, before you before you actually published that because you shared that with me. But, um, I was on a red team engagement and actually I was on site and I managed to use it in Privilege SQL. I was like, holy shit, John's a genius. <laughs> nice mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it was really basic though like it, it's nice like i don't i don't really i don't really consider myself a very sort of technical person when i look at some of the tools that get released by some of the fantastic uh, offensive security companies in the uk and, and around the world but it's nice to have my little sort of shitty victories every now and then but i i, I do i do uh, even with the the vulnerability aside the the way that the tenable guys handled it was really good uh, we had some good meetings we talked about what the problem was uh, systemically and um you know uh, when, when they got it fixed they let me know and yeah, I, I, it was it was nice, but I guess to my point was, uh, if you're doing any security testing or if you're ever implementing any security software, you should always you know maybe give that a look as well, just in case, because you know you, you might be helping out um, a lot of other people when you find these vulnerabilities, or you might be thwarting some dodgy people from taking advantage of things that they know yeah, that we might sure. not know. Um, but yeah, it's one of the things that you don't necessarily get to do when you're doing uh, normal consultancy testing. It's like when you're when you're within an organisation on an internal job, um, you, when people are installing stuff, you're like, "Yo, fret modelling, let's let's get that pen tested." You know, mm-hmm. like um, you do like a. I haven't really had much success with this, but I love the idea of a, a starters and leavers process for things as well as people. So if something enters <laughs> uh, an environment, then you go right. Well let's do a status and leave us form for it. So everything's pretty much the same. Has it been pen tested? Has it been configured? Have the defaults uh, been eradicated? Um, and, you know, if any of that stuff hasn't happened, then some tickets, get it on Jira, you know, like get it, get IT working with a security yeah. uh, person. To... Hey, don't be dissing Jira, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I love my compliments in Jira. When I go to a site and they're using fucking SharePoint and Teams, I'm just like... Fuck that as well. Yeah, oh, I hate that stuff. I proper sulk about it. I, I sulk way too hard, actually. That's probably why I'm such an <laughs> asshole on Twitter. Um, what was I talking about? <laughs> Jira. Oh yeah. So yeah, test. Uh, it, <laughs> I've gone on. When you when you <laughs> when you when you're working uh, as an internal security person, there's a lot more fun to be had on things, and you can you know if you do have enough time, you can generate your own work on those things that you uh, you, you might be interested in. Um, you know. So yeah, for sure. Fuck around with um, I was just having a look at the. I think we should probably move on to questions. Yeah. Uh, so we've normally got a question section, which is a built up. Uh, well, we've built up over the last, the last 11, ep- episodes. 11 episodes. We're on the 12th one, but yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't have that full list here. I've clearly only got like three, so I don't know if you've I've, got I've them. Got, Andy. I've got most of them. Uh, so Excellent. so we'll, we'll start off with a, with a nice and easy one. Uh, what's your password? Uh, my password is. Uh... Actually, I was. Uh, what can I say for that? Uh, my password's very complex. Thanks. Next question. Excellent. Um, what's the best and worst thing that you learned last year? Uh, best and worst thing that I learned last year. Um, the best thing that I learned last year. India is really nice. Uh, the food in Bali will give you stomach infection. That's uh, important lesson. That's that yeah. is fair enough. Yeah, and you have to buy a cork and take it with you, kind of thing. 
Well, a, a lesson that I learned was um, I was a little bit apprehensive in India because it was like, oh, make sure you drink clean water. And I had these injections to go there. And everybody was fucking cool. Like uh, I'd, I'd run away with a girl and we went to a yoga retreat and it was nice. And uh, nice. But, but it was all vegetarian. So I'd sneak off to this little covert cafe where they'd sell you a mince, <laughs> mince, mince pie and like beef where it's like, oh, you can't have cow in India. Fuck off. I want some of that. And um, so I was always like dead like, oh, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to like get any sort of uh, problem, it's going to be in India. Uh, but I had a brilliant time there. I went to Goa and I went to a place called Mysore, which is nothing to do with my sexual history. Um, <laughs> and, and then I ended up, uh, the next spot was for like New Year, going to Bali and having like a, a New Year there with uh, this last. And um, the first meal that I ate there, it, it just, I, I could tell by I was eating it, I was like, this is going to hurt me. And I'm not just, I'm not just talking about my ass. Like this, this is going to my stomach already. It's some dodgy chicken. And I was like, that's ironic. Here's me assuming that I'd get ill in India when actually it was the sort of, you know, the, the, the place that you would consider being, you know, like a little bit more, um, um, Hygienic. A bit, yeah, a little bit more hygienic. Cheers. Thanks for spotting me. Spot me, bro. Um, <laughs> I got you. I got you. Yeah. And then ended up having to go gotcha, to the, the doctors and they were like, yeah, you've had some dodgy chicken. Uh, you can... Uh, so, yeah. So, a uh, good thing I've learned. Um, maybe don't uh, don't uh, don't lead with any initial opinions. Just let them make themselves. <laughs> Fair it is. Uh, so, uh, the next sort of questions we've got in here are... Uh, I mean, Dave, you're welcome to ask questions, but I've got them all in front of me, so... I've managed to find a few, so I was uh, going to just hit up with uh, uh, where do you see yourself in 10 years? And dead isn't an a- answer. <laughs> uh, 10 years. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm quite keen to get out of London. Like I've spent, I think I've spent mm-hmm. enough time here. Uh, I'm hoping that remote work is more, uh, uh, there's more emphasis on it being okay. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, I want a dog. Like I'm, I'm in a shared house at the moment. Oh, I've been in a shared house for quite a while. So I want a dog uh, and I want to I want to be able to afford a house. So I'm thinking I want to be somewhere rural or somewhere coastal um, mm-hmm. and do good work between sort of working hours, but spend a bit more time uh, closer to things that I that I like. You know, like the it sounds a bit shitty and cheesy, but the the sound of rain hitting uh, leaves in a forest. That's oh, the best thing, man. Yeah. I go camping, like uh, trying to go like, a good five six times a year. Like, and uh, I sleep in a hammock just so that I'm as close <laughs> to the tarp as possible, man. Like, so and see when it's raining, like or wind, like yeah. that's the most relaxing thing. Especially if you live in a city, because I've lived in the city centre of Glasgow, and it's so noisy see with the quarantine and how few cars there are and how yeah. just different and ambient feeling that's in the city it's yeah. quite strange and it's going to be sad to go back to the the noisiness <laughs> of it and i'll be back. i'll be looking forward to getting out of camp be super annoying the flight every time you open the door you just heard that train spotting soundtrack choose life oh fuck's sake you just like that's your whole day just like iggy pop and uh, train <laughs> my uh my uh my uh, great auntie she's a uh, glaswegian she's from glaswapia um there's uh Glaswapia, you know, did you see what the yeah, fuck yeah it's uh, it's what we call it's what cool people call Glaswapia. Um, the the, uh, the I can't remember. There's like a hill. It's like there's a park, and I think it was like Queens Park or the Queens Park or the flagpole. No, I, I don't know. I can't remember as a kid, but I remember she lived pretty close to this massive toy shop. And when we go there, she'd just be like, you're a kid. You need to be bought some toys. And I'd be like, yeah. So I'd always love going to see her. Um, and obviously never got into any violence while I was in there because, uh, you know, Glasgow's a nice place. Um, but yeah. Was I, the place I, called Jolly Giant? Yeah, it was. Fucking, I remember the fucking Jolly Giant. Oh my god! Everyone yeah. remembers wow. the Jolly Giant. Yeah. <laughs> it was brilliant. Yeah, it was fucking brilliant. Fucking pal. Hell, that in is, your fucking brain. That is that is such a flashback. Hacked. 
Um, <laughs> so yeah, probably either somewhere that's got some woods, which would probably be uh, Lake District, or if uh, if uh, Woody will tolerate me being a bit closer to his uh, humble abode, <laughs> then maybe somewhere in the Pennines. But um, I, I kind of like the idea of Penzance as well. I think that that would be quite. I think I'd feel like a right pretentious cunt living there, and I'd quite, I'd quite like that. Yeah. See, as long as I can manage uh, to... We all know that you're a massive Tory, though, so it's fine. <laughs> oh, no, you had to do it. It's all right. I know how much you love them. <laughs> oh, this is going to happen. On you go. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> Fuck the Tories. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to stop. We've been here for another seven hours. Oh, <laughs> stop, I'll stop. No, 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 no. Uh, so, I've, become, no I've become so childish and petty to just throw and shade at those cunts. Like, it's... <laughs> the other week... I made a group, a tw- you know, and you make your own little Twitter lists. <laughs> I made a Twitter list just so that I knew that it might pop up on their screen that it says, fucking useless, you've been added to the group, fucking useless cunts, or something like that. <laughs> like, I did enjoy watching that entire thing. Oh, right? I'm so angry. <laughs> as much as I've hated watching everything else. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, some of the comedy behind it, the kind of grim trench fucking humour, like, has been... It's been a shame. Gold. It mostly comes from you. But <laughs> I think, um, I think, uh, the, yeah, your last, uh, Stur- Surgeon? Sturgeon? I think um, she, she's she's fucking she's the sound of sense recently. I, I, I'm not going to yeah. get into it because I've been so angry about it. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, let's keep this to uh, to jokes. But yeah, I'll try not to make any. I didn't. I can't believe we got this far. Anyway, actually, we're talking about those nobits. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful, wonderful. Right, that yeah, is. What's been the um, What's been the biggest regret in your career thus far? Biggest regret. Uh, Meeting me isn't an option. I don't uh, I know this might sound uh, I try not to do regrets because if I if I agreed that I've had a regret then I have to own it and that makes me feel sad and why oh. should I feel sad about something I can't change so okay, regrets. okay I'll phrase it, diff- I'll I'll phrase it, I'll phrase it differently then what are what are what's one thing that you wish you've done in your career and one thing you wish you haven't done then uh, one thing that I wish I'd done uh, you know I'm not answering that I don't feel like my career's over um, I, I would actually, I would like to do more sort of investigative work where it's not necessarily around, you know, registry settings or, um, you know, uh, how you've configured a web server or, or all that stuff. I'm, I like the kind of like open source intelligence slash um, hunting of, of uh, people. Um, I yeah, think sure. I, th- yeah. I think that I could get very passionate about that under certain circumstances and with certain motives, um, and I, that's something that I know I would have tireless amounts of energy to to spend on you yeah. know like hunting bad guys or the worst kind of people. Um, so I would like to do more of that, um, and I, I actually know enough people to probably get involved in that a bit more if I was more vocal about it. But um, mm-hmm. they probably just see me moaning about fucking politics and are like, "No, nah, I don't want that in that channel." <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um but um and then so that's uh that's what i'd like to do more of and then something that i'd like to do less of i really would like to be nicer to people but i can't fucking help it if, like well everyone's a cunt welcome to my ted talk that fuck yeah, fuck yeah. I, I actually fucked my own ted talk fuck's sake everyone's a cunt <laughs> welcome to my ted talk there we go we're gonna have to translate that to english people like uh you got a translator then yeah uh, life's a cunt, welcome to my TED talk. <laughs> Alright, you're funny, Boba. Come on, name's Andy and Jill. Why? 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 Because well, I saw it, and then um, I think this is like a maybe a side effect of ADHD. Like, you'll see a thing, and then your brain just goes, do stuff to it. 
So like when I see, <laughs> I think that's maybe why I'm good at testing because I'll see like a parameter, like do stuff to it, or I'll see my girlfriend like do stuff to it, uh, you know, like. Uh, uh, <laughs> and then I don't. She's she's not my girlfriend anymore. She's gone now. Um, so, but <laughs> when I see your name, I think there's two names there. It look, you look like there's an Andy and there's a, a Jill. Because I was originally thinking, is it the wee G cast or is it the wee G cast? You know, like the whole gif shift kind of thing. Oh, no. <laughs> so, is it Andy Jill? Is it Andy, comma, Jill, or is it Andy Gill? Andy Gill. It's not, though. It's Andy Jill. It's like two people. Andy, <laughs> Jill. Everybody that's listening to this podcast from now on, when speaking to Andy or Jill, should refer to them as Andy and Jill. <laughs> You're such a cunt. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what else we've got here as well. Because uh, I think we've got a limited list of questions. If you could teleport anywhere... So if you had the ability to teleport anywhere, mm. would cities become a thing of the past? If I could teleport anywhere, anywhere would cities become a thing of the past? Yes. I uh, think it was... Was that FC? Uh, no, that, that was that was Mr. Mr. Phil Yeki. Um, if I could teleport anywhere. So I'm guessing that I would, I would have to teleport to the future to see if cities still existed or what the new version of a city was. Yeah, uh, that would be the case. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know how I would spend that. If, like, if I could go one place back or forward, I'd probably end up stuck in a wall in the future and dead. <laughs> just, my your fucking leg. Yeah. just your leg and yeah. no one else no, around. No, just my dick trapped in an infinitely closed <laughs> fridge. <laughs> Not like this. Um, sorry, Phil. Sorry, Phil. Damn uh, you, fate. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's a, it's a very philosophical question that I would need copious amounts of jazz and. CBD. Um, I don't. Um, yeah, I. I don't. I don't actually know. Like on on the spot, where would I go? I would think I would like to see the end of the world. Uh, I know that sounds very morbid, but it'd be fucking amazing. Like the Andromeda Galaxy crashing in the Milky Way. Oh, for sure. I mean, right. we're, yeah. we're currently seeing the end of the world, but that's just twenty 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 twenty. Fuck this year, by the way. Like just seriously, just fuck it. Just, have you ever watched uh, a comedian called Lee Evans? Yes. Yeah, of course. You know that bit where he's talking about uh, uh, where the the boy stands up to the dad yeah well i'm just like when i'm thinking of 2020 i'm thinking of like lee evans or the dad is is like the year and where all the boy going (laughs) (laughs) we can't do anything about it yeah it's it's such a weird like like, i was saying to my housemate just before actually imagine remember all imagine all of those people on new year's eve uh just gone going oh i'm gonna fucking smash 2020 or 2020 is my year you know and it's like I, I, where's it gone? Like, I feel like it's been like one long dick punch month. Like, just uh, one <laughs> month. There's no like the names have changed from like January to uh, what are we in now? June. June. Shit. Yeah. Oh, my fuck it's June. Yeah. So my um, I, I was I was seeing a lass who who went back to Hong Kong, and uh, so I was keeping an eye on it when it first started because it was over there, and I was concerned about her. I was like, oh, you better be keeping out of the way. She's like, John, it's not that big of a deal. I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm just worried about you, you know, blah blah blah. And uh, and then she's like, John, it's a big deal. I'm in isolation. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. Worry, worry. And then, and then I'm like, oh, here's some here's some uh, infographics. Here's a here's a map that's you know shows. It. Oh, she's like, I don't care about the map. I'm staying in my house. Fuck you. And then like, <laughs> and then that map, those little red spots start to sort of creep over a little bit. Like, oh shit, it's in India. Oh shit, oh it's in these other places. Or there's like two two people in France, a couple of people in uh, you know uh, around Europe. And you're like, oh shit, shit, shit. And then and then it gets to London, and you're like, oh yeah, you know, we got we got some good people. It's cool. It's cool. No, no. Fuck you, Boris. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it happened. We yeah. got it out. Okay, yeah. and so I'm, 
I'm like li- I'm living in this house and we're quite close to a hospital and um, one of the, the lass that lives next door to me uh, she's a nurse and uh, the lass that lives upstairs um, she she went to the Nightingale Hospital to help out they're, they're really uh-huh. good people I'm like oh I'm in the kitchen and they're telling us I'm like oh yeah that's really nice of you don't fucking touch me <laughs> like really like I, I, I couldn't be any more prouder of them but at the same time I'm torn with <laughs> you know like yeah. <laughs> are, are, so are, are you not just no, like what do you do John I'm like oh, I sit in my room and furiously masturbate uh... well I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't wouldn't call it that. I'm not going to say I was furious. I was just more like a pensively, <laughs> pensively irked. You know, like I'm, I'm kind of interested, but I'm not really listening. Kind of slapping sesh. You know, so <laughs> yeah, like, like John, it's eight o'clock. Are you clapping for the NHS? Yep. <laughs> All day, I'm joking. Day. I'm joking. That's a joke. I'm sorry. Don't call that show. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> Um, I think that probably I've noticed we're probably going to hit the two hour mark which is probably going to cause some complaints amongst the viewers fuck fuck them people that complain um, about long podcasts just haven't heard stories that's the thing like the 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 second longest podcast was fuck it was before Dan's I think it was Stu's actually Stu's was the first one that ran past an hour and a half and everyone was like that was some fucking great stories and then some people were like oh that was too long and I'm like you're too long you're a cunt. Uh, different folks, <laughs> different strokes. But what I'll probably say is, uh, what is your question, John, for the next guest? Uh, okay, my next question for the next guest. Um, what is the most humiliating experience you've had and did it turn you on? <laughs> All right, then. I need to take note of that <laughs> shit. Okay, cool. I was going to say, like, we should probably note that now. I'm going to write that down. That's an absolute gem of a question. <laughs> I need to now remember how computers work. Hold on. Did you ever know? What is a computer? That is the real question. <laughs> uh, this is all a simulation, you guys. Shit. Simulation 5G. <laughs> well, if you were like, um, uh, I do believe this is a simulation, and all I could hear is silence, silence, <laughs> silence. Silence. He's, he's, he's becoming aware. <laughs> <laughs> silence. And that pretty much the theme. I might be, should we name the episode? Yep, just <laughs> silence. Yeah. And then get that little, that little, John. Uh, that little picture of Stewie where he's going, silence! You know, like with the pointing finger. Yeah. <laughs> or I think we might just make that happen. Um, yeah, so I think that pretty much takes us to a nice kind of uh, conclusion, I guess. Um, yeah. Have you got anything you want to plug? Is there anything you want to have people go look at? We can put stuff in the show notes. No, we can't. No, we we never fucking write the, the show notes. notes. <laughs> I know, but I need to, I need to pick up the show notes every episode uh, not really uh, not really I, I don't have anything to plug I think just uh, you know current climate be nice be fair and if I'm an Fuck asshole it. to you it's because you're an asshole uh, <laughs> no I, I, I don't have anything to plug but um, I do look forward to you guys getting more cool people on so uh, if there's anybody that I can sort of shove your way or, or oh, ab- name absolutely. drop absolutely you know? I mean uh, um, the next hopefully two episodes are going to be I mean, they haven't confirmed yet, so I'm just, I'm just absolutely calling them out. But I'm ho- we're hoping to have Ghosty on at some point, uh, Mr. Chris Pritchard, who works alongside, and also nice. my mentor uh, Paul Ritchie. I'm not sure if Dave has had anything back from him or not, or what. This is. It will be happening at some point. Yep. yep. I cool. think um, I think we should spend a little bit of time chatting up Steve Lord. I think that he'll be hilarious and uh, incredibly informative with his wealth and cynicism of the industry. He's uh, he's a beautiful, beautiful man, and he's got lots of jokes and very dark humour, which is why we get on. I think. 
Excellent. So, I think it sounds perfect with yeah. cast material. Yeah, definitely. Hey guys, um, I've had a really good time. I was actually really tired and when I first started this, I was like, I'm fucking dying on my ass and I should have had a nap as well, but I can't do naps. <laughs> and then once we started uh, having a chat, it, 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 my energy's just appeared. So that's really nice. I can really take advantage of that after the show. I mean, we can we can stop recording and then chat for a little bit because I think it'd be quite good to do. Um, but we'll, yeah. we'll close off the, the, the episode here. Oh, slap bang on the, the two hour mark. So uh, thank you for listening to Cast. This has been episode... I can't fucking remember what 12. episode it's been. 12, that's the one. Yeah, tried it. <laughs> fucked it up in the start, fucked it up in the end. It's a good good episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, go, and, go and do all the, the socials and shit and we'll speak to you in the next one. Cheers. Yeah, thanks, John. Much appreciated. Cheers, guys. Bye. Delete.